Welcome to Soul to Scene episode 11. I'm Andy Cooper from RMS Motoring and I'm joined by Gary Riley. Hello. And this week's guest, week's guest, we haven't been here for weeks and weeks, this show's guest, uh, Donald O'Neill. Hello. Donald, you're very welcome. Donald's the manager of Curtis and Race Circuit and director at Track Skills. And uh, Donald, I hope you can deal with our preamble here. Uh, stick your oar in at any stage, it's most welcome. And we look forward to getting a good chat with you later in the show. But first of all, we've had a bit of a gap since the last uh, sold a scene. It was sort of early December. But we've a bit of a, a lineup for you coming later this year. So, Firstly, with Donald today, I'm then meeting Mark McCall from EV, the EV Association of Northern Ireland, and we're going to get out in a Tesla Model 3 performance, and we're going to talk all about the disaster with its charging infrastructure and what it's like to live with an EV in Northern Ireland and, and all that jazz in the next show. I'm going to visit uh, Patrick McCulloch. Patrick is Nazar on the forum. He, is, he lives in Vegas now, and I'm hoping to get over to see Patrick at the end of March, and that'll be interesting to see how uh, someone with Vegas, uh, you say Vegas. Can we all go? Uh, no, just just <laughs> just me. Did you not get that message? No, the expenses won't stretch. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so uh, looking forward to that. We're chatting to the guys from GTI NI because uh, Dubshed is back this year at the Icon Centre down near Lisburn, and we just want to chat to those guys with the challenges around running the biggest car show in Northern Ireland. Don't know, we'll definitely be chatting to you later on about the challenges of running a race circuit and, <laughs> and track days and, and, all, and, the, and the madness. Certainly. You know, so uh, it's been a, a mad year. We're also going to chat to the cops. The 5-0. The 5-0. Yeah. Uh, so uh, a couple of guys in RMS who uh, are in the, in the force and we might are hoping to twist their arm to come on. So that should be a bit of crack. So we have four or five shows lined up over the next few months. But what have we missed? So there's a pile of stuff that has happened. Uh, first of all, today, I'm in the uh, Model 3 performance, which uh, picked up Donal in uh, early on. Good crack, Donal, isn't it? Absolutely amazing. Unbelievable. Still trying to pick my brain out of the back of my head. Yeah. You know, 60 and 3.3 3 seconds, the Model 3 performance. Uh, five or 600 horses. It's just, it's just unreal. So uh, a Tesla, very, Tesla press department very kindly lent me a car for a week. So I'm going to do a bit of a video on that. I actually tried to book a Model Y, misread the email and ended up with a Model 3. <laughs> Because I, I do things at 100 miles an hour and the detail sometimes completely <laughs> escapes me. But what a mistake to make it. Like, it's, it's, it's unreal. I also had the Mustang Mach-E just before Christmas, um, another great electric car. So, yeah, anyway, I've had, had the Mustang. I've got the Tesla at the moment. Um, as I mentioned, the guys from GTI and I are going to be on the show hopefully later this year before... The return of Dubshed, which is, I think, the first, second of April this year back in Icon, which is fantastic news, the sign of normality. A slightly uh, life-changing news myself coming up, and my wee GR Yaris might have to make way for some sort of more practical uh, motoring, 
because uh, of, a, of a wee one on the way. Yay. Congratulations. Thank you very much, guys. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that is just going to be... Uh, oh, I don't know what I'm letting myself in for. So uh, the clock is ticking. Um, uh, I still haven't cancelled the the Lotus Amira order there. I'm going to I'm going to keep that uh, under under uh, wraps. But I think you're going to make it work. I'm going to make it work. You're you're right, Alan. So uh, yeah. So holy shit. But you need now something for your doors. Yeah, with the, I know some, <laughs> something uh, which is uh, like six meters long and has a sliding side door on it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But no, really, really, really looking forward to it. It's just uh, very very exciting. But yes, now thinking in terms of, and it, it's funny actually, uh, found out not long before I got the Mustang, and it's like an S, the it's like an SUV thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of yeah. family orientated, and and then you sort of starting to think about, ah, well, how much boot space does something have? You know, the performance <laughs> and all those other things that that I cared about uh, before yeah, just your sort perspective of just changes totally, time, totally changes, you know, and how because people use cars for commuting and shipping yeah. families about, never mind just. When I just want to take it for a track day, or how how hard does it down a back road and all that sort of carry on? You know, you're normally reading like the not the sixty times now. You're looking at diesel fixed points. And all that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, I know you're actually right too. It's the frightening thing. So, but no, looking looking forward to it. So it's um, so it's uh, great uh, great times. Um, oh, and you may have noticed or not noticed. Maybe maybe no one's remembered or thought that Ross isn't here this week. Ross was due to be here, but R- Ross who? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I can't remember his surname either. Uh, Ross Pimp. That's his surname. Ross Pimp, yeah. Ross Pimp. Hope he's listening. I uh, hope he's listening. Um, Ross couldn't make it because of the of the COVID. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's... Uh, and it was just a very last minute thing where we would have uh, we zoomed him in. So we'd hope to do some Q&A this week because we'd get absolutely inundated with questions on the forum. We'll do it in the next show with Ross. Uh, don't worry. So... I've got cars, dub sheds back. Uh, it was a great cars and coffee last week. It's great to get out to these sorts of things. I was down at uh, Black Line uh, down in Moira last weekend. Oh, the, tur- the turnout of stuff was just um, uh, fabulous. This this lockdown has had such an effect on people. I see all sorts of stuff coming out of the woodwork. See these supercar days and all the rest mm-hmm. of the things that are just you know the stuff that's coming out of the country. Country that people would just would have kept under wraps before and taken out on a Sunday are now. Oh, Frigate, you know what? It will get it out because life's, life's too, too short. short. Yeah, life's yeah, too short. The other thing is, people have had a chance to work on things that they've been meaning to work yeah. on for years, ah, and all of a sudden they haven't been able to go to their work work. Yeah, you know, and they're getting furlough for yeah. not being in work work, <laughs> so they're able to work on their car. Furlough project? Oh, yes, yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh-huh. A friend of mine over in, uh, in England is building a four GT replica, but he has been building it for about twenty years. But he's got more done in the last year and a half than he yeah. has done in twenty years. That's it. And then the other thing is, you know, you couldn't spend money yeah. during lockdown, so now they have money to spend on cars. Well, yeah, and, uh, and coffee. Coffee. We, we, we were <laughs> cars and coffee. Yeah, well, we were talking about this on the way down too. You, flip, you would need to the price of cars at the moment. Aye, yeah, it's it's uh, it's, it's serious altogether. The, the secondhand market is just everyone's waiting for the bubble to burst, but there's just no, absolutely no sign it's of not it. Debating, no, and it's hard to get stuck too, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. it just seems to be. Uh, just staying the way it is, really, for now. Yeah, I'm sure it will burst like every bubble. Yeah, like, and then the well, it's it's hard to know. Then the march towards electrification does that just mean anything exciting that is internally combusted in the next ten years? It's just what's well, a damn breed now. This is a yeah. thing, you know. Oh, and, uh, we all work kind of waiting for the the modern classic market just to completely collapse, you know. But it's kind of come the end of its life now. But we're approach, approaching this age where EVs are coming in, so mm-hmm. it might not burst. Mm-hmm. It might just 
retain value in cars and go yeah. up if anything. Yeah. So, but it's it makes it difficult. The price of stuff at the moment makes it difficult for people to change car and yeah. and and the cost of stuff. The cost of EV entry is huge. Mm-hmm. Like you can't buy anything. Uh, like it used to be a case of you five hundred quid would buy you a runner. <laughs> Six months MOT, mm-hmm. and it's now three grand. You know, oh, yeah. the, the world has has uh, moved on. Another thing uh, we were chatting about, uh, Donald and I, on the way down the road, is there's the, the 330 championship down mm-hmm. at Carcassonne. And uh, obviously a, a championship designed to be uh, low, barrier, low barrier to entry, E40, E46s, isn't it? With E46s, uh, 330Is. Yeah. And the, th- the idea was the scrapyards were full of them, mm-hmm. absolutely full of them. Yeah. And the idea is you, the, the original idea was you put a race car together for five grand. Now, I know one guy that did it and quite successfully, mm-hmm. um, but most people ended up spending probably between eight and ten mm-hmm. uh, on the car. But the whole idea was, you know, if you did a gearbox in fifty quid out of a scrapyard, yeah. you know, yeah. these days if you find a three thirty i gearbox somewhere that's good, you're talking five hundred quid. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's up, you know. Just enormous amount, yeah. So it's no longer a cheap championship, unfortunately. No, yeah. and 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 there's nothing else that could replace it. There's not. There's nothing. It's funny. You know, um, it was a great idea at the time. Mm-hmm. I think its time has gone for reasons we've just said. The obvious replacement is the MX5 championship. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the problem you have there is most of them have gone to lanes rallies. <laughs> oh, true. Yeah. True. They're, they're used elsewhere. They are indeed. But uh, that that is a cost-effective championship where five grand will put you a good mm-hmm. car out. Yeah. Is that the Mark Ones or the Mark Twos down? It doesn't matter. You can run uh, Mark anything. Uh, could, could, could a Mark Two be affordable now? In that or I don't know much. Uh, about yeah, them. most of them actually would be more Mark yeah. Mark Twos and Mark Ones. Probably yeah. actually find like a cheap like when did an MX Five come out? Uh, Eighty nine, ninety, uh, or something like that. Mm-hmm, there, yeah. um, that they're probably starting to get the classic status, so they're maybe starting to creep up. They are, but yeah. a, a less desirable Mark Two. Yeah. Mark Two, Mark Two and a half would have been. Yeah. Yeah, last of them. And the only problem is they're, they're the dreaded rust problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Now the rot get, rot gets mm-hmm. uh, uh, inter- not not what we're going to talk about it. But the interesting story: the MX Five was a North American designer actually designed that car, even though they're, they're a Japanese company. I don't know. They were apparently the story went as I remember. It was based on the Lotus Elan. Yes, and when Lotus stopped producing the Elan, I think they sold the rights to. Uh, ah, right, Mazda, okay. uh-huh. and that then they took it yeah, and made that. a better job. Of it. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. the only reason the only reason I'm saying a better job of it because it was more modern. You know, using better, I'm not decrying uh, Lotus in any way, shape, or form. You know, the Elan was a great wee car, but the, the the Mazda definitely took it and ran with it yeah. and became the most popular roadster ever. Oh yeah, you know they're just fantastic. Yeah, yeah. out of the box, they're mm-hmm. it's not unlike the Mark II NSX, the recent one. You know, it was uh, obviously Honda behind it, but designed in America. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I was going to say it's there as well. A slightly different yeah. price bracket. Yes. <laughs> we start off MX5 <laughs> with a, a couple of grand. Gary sticking. Uh, it just reminds me of uh, <laughs> NSX championship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but the, the MX5 appealed to so many different people. You know, that was the thing. I mean, it was the old joke about the hairdresser's car and all the rest of it. But, I mean, uh, the funniest thing I ever saw on an MX-5, I don't know if you know the guy, do you know Big Jeff Hill? No. He's called Big Jeff Hill for a reason. He's a, he's a wonderful journalist, mm. but he's six foot seven, uh-huh. size 17 feet, 
and he used to arrive at Kirkuson in an MX-5 <laughs> with his head poking out over yeah, the top yeah, of the windscreen, yeah. yeah. But uh, they're they're just a wonderful wee car. Well, they're 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 fantastic. But uh, but yeah, even even those are a, a dying will be at some stage mm-hmm. a dying breed. But mm-hmm. but maybe there's maybe a bit of life in that for for building a competition class out of there, it. In England, it is massive. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they they're just absolutely silly. Mm-hmm. They kept they keep splitting, mm-hmm. you know, because of so many cars. Yeah. Okay. You know, fifty cars at a race meeting. You know, fifty MX fives at a race meeting. Yeah. It's you know, something will come along that'll you know cheap that'll fill their bits. You know, mm. once they they do disappear, like the GT eighty six in a few years, hopefully will drop a bit, and that's coming under range where you can buy one that would be affordable, especially with the new one coming out. I, I suppose uh, it's all down to build numbers, isn't it? As well, how many cars actually are still in the country and usable, yeah, and, and all the rest. That's, it, that, that's why the MX five did so well because yeah. there were that many of them sold. Yeah. yeah. That could be a problem with the GT86 because yeah. they're a great wee car, but there's not that many of them sold. No, 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 no. And and even the <clears throat> the cheapest GT86 is maybe what ten grand or something. Still, like yeah, there's still something around there. Mm-hmm. A few years mm-hmm. off yet. Yeah, but uh, no doubt a brilliant car for track days. Even just for oh, yeah. as as a track day car, absolutely. You know, out of the box, just ready to go. Funny, the latest Evo came out there today has a review of the uh, the GR86, the successor, which I read. The, the gritty oh, six, as I like They, they love it. I mean, really love it. You know, they said everything that they found wrong with the GT86 has been resolved in this. I think I know from driving the GT86s, they were a wee bit anemic. So typical uh, Japanese power profile, all the powers up at the top of the rev range, but it didn't rev that hard. Right. And whereas it's a 2.4 now, isn't it? And it's, yeah, so it's, it's got a wee bit more torque. A bit more torque, about 30 or 40 horsepower more. And I think they noted, uh, as you said, the the power's up in the top rev range, but uh, it didn't feel like a joy taking it there. Yeah. You know, whereas the new car, I think it's quite rev happy, like a VTEC, and you can enjoy pushing it. Yeah. And then they've. Uh, Resolved kind of the, the build quality of the dash and the components inside, so it feels like a, a much richer car inside than the old yeah, one did. Yeah, and I think that the handling's just meant to be a delight. Yeah, it's really well balanced. No, they're they're nice. Like like the the problem is why the the car I have the, the Yaris. Why why didn't the turbo? Why didn't they even put the Yaris engine in? Yeah, you turbocharge it. You know, uh, and then it's about the super people buy it and that's up themselves. If they want to tune it and take it up to something and see you know. <laughs> did, did I hear that they're talking about bringing a manual version of the the new Super Ride? That would that would be a fantastic job. Could they though? Is it not a BMW gearbox? So we'd have to. I don't know. I don't know. You're getting confused with the uh, DCT Super Wheels. Oh yeah, that was a fantastic yeah. conversion. So we were over at uh, I think we talked about this in the last show, mm-hmm. didn't we? That we were at the we classic car show in the NEC mm-hmm. and. Uh, was the Supra Stanley the, the mm-hmm. sort of is it the the nineties Supras Mark four Supra yeah, yeah with the uh, BMW DCT dual clutch gearbox conversion like what 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 genius you know so yeah. it's but, but a, made a dead hood engine so yeah yeah fraction yeah, of the nice price of uh, yeah. like a straight cut box or something like that and mm-hmm. brings all your modern daily drivableness to it but you could still and then that they can map these boxes as well and do clutch kicks into an automatic <laughs> gearbox and all that that's all that stuff's just uh, clever is absolutely uh, mega. On a slight segue, close to a gearbox at the other end of the prop shaft, um, did uh, Ross, although he's not here, he better have bought that four four one diff for his uh, for his E forty six. I'm glad that he's not here because Ross's first track day he took his E E forty six M three out at, at track skills. Uh, mm-hmm. Was it um, October time or something mm-hmm. last year? He had the he had the uh, the yellow yellow M three. Uh, the only yellow. He had the yellow M3. Uh-huh. He had the yellow right. M3. I can't. 
I don't remember. There's that many. You know. Oh, I, the, the yellow. There's one yellow one through his hair all the time. Yes, I. That's Arnold from yes, Oma. Yeah. I or he can paddle up oh, car. He can, he can, he can work, paddle up. He's been driving that for years. You know, and the car just gets quicker and he gets quicker and yeah. he gets older and. You know, boys can't live with them. <laughs> it's great. And there's a lot to be said for getting to know the car. You know, keep uh, it on. Exactly. A lot of people just get at a certain stage and then move on. Exactly. Oh, I know. He was in. He was hassling me, and I was in the GT4. Like you know, no, <laughs> yeah. I was no, I was no problem to him. But it just, it just goes to show what uh, exactly what there's no re, no replacement for seat time. Absolutely. But at the same time. It's nice to have a, a shorter ratio back end. So, Ross, if you haven't bought that diff, you better have it for the next show. He's probably out doing hoops as we speak. <laughs> do you reckon? Oh, dear. So, uh, so yeah, there's been a bit uh, going on. There's Supercar Sunday is returning to... Oh, and I'll say this quietly. Bishop's Court. No, no, <laughs> other, other, other tracks are available. That's <laughs> uh, one of my favourite tracks. I love it. <laughs> that which will not be named. Uh, so, so, yeah, the Supercar Sunday is a two-day event uh, this year at Bishop's Court. So there's... there's it's is great that a to see. Event, it? Yeah, yeah. So there's. It's great to see the calendars just starting to mm-hmm. uh, fill up, and of course there's uh, track skills as well. Don't know. You guys have mm-hmm. a full calendar of events. A full calendar this year. Yeah. Uh, six, seven, eight track days. Ten. Ten track mm-hmm. days. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Which is which is great. And what we're finding now is that there's two things that have happened. Which worked. One of them works very well for us. It used to be ten guys could go to Kirkuson. And say, look, I want to have the track for the day. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm under a sort of testing. That has now been knocked in the head due to insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all right if you've got 10 racers yes. with race licenses, yes. then they are testing. But just 10 guys who aren't racers mm-hmm. can no longer do that. You mm-hmm. know? So I'm finding people phoning us up in track school saying, look, can you organize a day for us? You know? So we're having sort of exclusive days as mm-hmm. well for people, mm-hmm. you know, which is it's quite good fun. It's a different umbrella then over at Canets. Yeah, well, it's a track skills day, but it's not open yeah. to the public, if you know what yeah. I mean. We had one there in between Christmas and New Year, mm-hmm. which was a hoot. Mm-hmm. You know, it was great. There was only there was, there was eight drivers and six cars. You know? Wow, okay. And you had, most of them are quite nice. You know, um, I mean, the cars, not the people. People were dead on. <laughs> people, yeah. But uh, I think that the, the, the oldest thing was an old... Um, an old AMG Merc, but it was quite old, mm-hmm. and it sort of was the one that struggled the most. You know, uh, for yeah. it was knackered. What, what, like, a, like a nineties one? It or was, something uh, like that? Uh, no, it wasn't that. Uh, no, it just had about a hundred thousand miles. All oh, right, okay, so it had been round the block. <laughs> it had been round the block a few times, um, but there was a five fifty Ferrari, and um, oh, there was a, a, a work Integra Type R. Oh yeah, all, all these were owned by the one guy. Oh it right, was okay, weird, you know, and uh, a few other things. Um, what was it? There was another Ferrari, I'm trying to remember. Oh, no, sorry, it was an NSX. An oh, NSX there you go, Gary. Well. But, you know, these guys went down, they all had a bit of a time. They, every one of them drove all, everybody drove the cars, you know, each yeah, one mm-hmm. swapped around and so on. Uh, there was one slight screw-up, so we say. Uh, most of the cars arrived on a transporter. Right, okay. Right? And the guy, when he was putting the Ferrari onto the transporter... Ripped the side out of one of the tires. Oh shit! So when the car got, you didn't know Wednesday between Christmas and New Year, mm-hmm. where to get a tire at a moment's notice? Yeah, yeah. And, and potentially an oddball size, an oddball compound, and all red. Yeah. So he um, contacted. I find a guy opposite Kirkus and Andy Little. I don't know if you've known me, but do recovery and all that sort of stuff. Oh right, okay, maybe yeah. Um, and phoned Andy, and he actually got hold of somebody in Belfast, got the tire. Got it, went up and got it, brought it back down, fitted the whole thing and got the Ferrari back out again, which was it's good going. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing about 
Kirkus and the plug in it. There's there's the likes of Andy Little there, but there's also David Cousins, who's directly opposite mm-hmm. uh, Kirkuson as well. Now David is an MX5 expert, but he's also very handy with anything else. Yeah. And the number of guys we've sent over on a Sunday afternoon with a broken exhaust or a broken mm-hmm. this or a broken that, you know, and Davy's there and he's up welding away and they get back out again. You know, it's, it's somewhere that where else would you get it? Yeah. yeah, well, it's somewhere I've never been stuck because I've had a few bits and bobs happen over the mm-hmm. years and mates, the same story, you oh, know. Yeah. You know, the guy, everyone pulls together. What, do you, what so. do you need? Mm-hmm. Such and such a toe up the road, such and such obsc- obscure parts. It's, <laughs> it's, it's nearly everyone just gets on the, you know, it's a challenge. Yeah. We, oh, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get you back out before the end. You know, someone's sitting, in a, I, I'm sitting here in a possible situation and then next thing they're, they're back out or they're mm. up there going home or whatever else. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, our, our famous thing about Kurgerson and track days is the, 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 little, uh, the little monster that eats brake pads. <laughs> you know, we have it's unique to Kirkus, you know, it's like a gremlin. And uh, you, we, if you look on our website, uh, tips for newbies, and about five times it's listed, bring a spare set of brake pads. Mm-hmm. But people think, oh, no, I got a new set in before I come down. And of course, they come down, and halfway through the day, there's no brakes, you know. Uh, but it's amazing, as you say, the number of people in the paddock mm-hmm. who rally around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, get them sorted out or help get them sorted yeah. out. And people say to me, I wouldn't know how to change my brake pads. Don't worry, there's about 50 people in the paddock oh. who tell you how to change them or yeah. help you change them or yeah. whatever, you know. So there is a great camaraderie down there. Yeah, well, that's fantastic too, because even though I know how to change brake pads, I would quite happily uh, sit back and, <laughs> and, else and have a cup of tea. <laughs> Being ignorant. My, uh, my dad called up to the house and his brake pads in his Octavia last week. And no problem, got the brake pads, went to fire them in. And it's uh, one of those calipers you have to push and wind. So it was mm-hmm. out with needle nose pliers, waste of time. Ripped the boot on the piston. Ooh. So then it's like the caliper off and um, new boot, proper tool, and then uh, and then had bleed the system and all that. You know, a half an hour job turned mm-hmm. into flipping yeah. uh, mission. Yeah, oh, we've all been there. So uh, yep. uh, some uh, some crack and. Another random brake pad story was uh, I ran out of brake pads at the Nurburgring in my 335D, as you do. And uh, in, the to- in the toilets in the Nurburgring, you go into like public toilets and there's, there's stickers for chat lines and women and, and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> and brake pads. <laughs> and literally, there was a need brake pads, ring this guy, and you ring him. And uh, he sent me a, a, a thing on WhatsApp, and you go down to his house, and just a wee garage at the side of the house, about a mile, two miles from the track, and it was just floor to ceiling with just popular brake pads for like, you know, like Civic Type R's and all the rest. <laughs> and I had to give him like 90 euro hmm. for brake pads, and he had a, he had a jack, and he used his jack, and you tear a tore away. Brilliant. After this version, you're looking very shifty, and some guy with a brown paper bag. That was exactly what I was expecting. <laughs> looking right, he's giving any cops right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, yeah, take the break. Take frequency. Oh, so um, unbelievable. Okay, so Andy, as, as you're aware, I've been looking at EVs recently. Is this a shocker? This is this is a real shock. I know because I think how many of these episodes have we done now in this podcast? About seven or eight, and every single one I've made a point of saying I hate EVs. I'm, I'm just a dinosaur. I love V8s. I love V6s. Anything with petrol engines. And, and the, t- the truth of it is, like I'm not a, I'm not a massive EV fan. It's the future. I'm, I'm, loads mm. of people are asking me about them, and I've, I've ended up driving a few for yeah. for for some reviews. But uh, okay, so tell me, so how how has this just man maths? Just uh, my wife's to a change. She has a, a 330D BMW, and um, we're in a fortunate position that she can get a company car. So 
sitting one night doing the sums and looking at the figures in the car and then looking at the EV figures for the, the big techs. Mm-hmm. And I know you've mentioned before that's extremely low, but when you actually sit and work it out, what a, a typical car ownership costs you per year versus taking on the company car off the tax, it's, it seems like a no-brainer almost. So this is the case where you didn't apply man maths? Woman maths, almost you could call it. <laughs> maybe, maybe I just led you into that. <laughs> <laughs> so basically what you're trying to say in a nutshell is Woman Maths has, has led you to potential EV ownership? Potential EV ownership, although I would say it's my, it's my wife that won it, not me, so I'll, I'll get her driving it then again. But uh, no, we're still we're still at early stages. We're looking at different models and things. And what, what's on the short list? What, what, what do you fancy? Uh, well, we're going to be limited by what the company car sheet says, but there's a Q4 on there, the new Audi EV, mm-hmm. which is really, really tempting because I actually passed one the other day and I thought it was a really nice looking thing. And then I showed it to her and she likes it too. So she's always like buddies for for yeah, daily life uh, and for family life they're yeah fantastic you know but like I, I i'm i love cars as you do and as everyone does that probably listens to this you know and we we drive them because we love driving them my wife's very much an a to b person yeah so she's not concerned about the type of engine or anything in it now she has come to appreciate them more since she married me but still uh an ev would do the job so the only real uh question marks i have are over are the range you mm-hmm. know and getting the charging point installed and all them kind of concerns but you know Everyone else seems to be doing it now, and um, I think we may as well jump in now. Why wait another seven, eight years? Well, even though uh, we may think it might bore our uh, list, the two or three listeners that we actually yep. Yep. Ha- actually have, but uh, let us know how you get on with that, because even though I seem to be this EV evangelist, I don't actually own one. I haven't actually bought one yeah. with my lots of own money, just for being, being given them, and... and Con- continually, unfortunately, I can't hide it, I'm continually being impressed, continually being impressed. It just happenstance that um, I was looking last night or the night before. A friend of mine works for their, the NHS, mm-hmm. and they have a scheme. Well, their scheme is it's incredible. Yeah. I tell you what's on it, that Tesla performance that you're driving tonight. Uh-huh. And when you work it out with all the, you know, the tax back and all the rest yeah, of it, yeah, yeah. and the fact that your insurance is included, Yes. And up to four other drivers right. on the insurance. Uh-huh. Um, and when you worked it all out, what it was actually costing you was less than 400 quid. A month. That's actually costing you. Yeah. You were maybe paying six or something like that, yeah. but you were getting it back in tax and so yeah, on. You know? yeah, yeah. And it really was a no-brainer. Yeah. And that included your servicing and all the rest of it. Yeah. You know? Now, if you imagine uh, somebody with a family and a couple of young people coming up mm-hmm. who are starting to drive... Mm-hmm. There can be two of your name people in the insurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you're making a lot of savings. Can you imagine the 17 year old in a <laughs> model performance? Well, I wasn't suggesting that. You could just imagine going through the nearest hedge. I could barely net manage the 90 horsepower of my uh, Corolla back in the day. That would be peaking too early for sure. Yeah. <laughs> definitely, but it def- it's the it's the way to look at it. You know, if you have a good enough uh, company. Mm-hmm. scheme it's worth yeah. looking at it. i'll say this like looking at it recently and i've spent a lot of time looking at it has really opened up my eyes to the actual cost of the cars that we have currently because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. i am not one of these people who pays much attention to miles per gallon i just think the car needs filled needs filled mm-hmm. point, me, point me sitting staring at the, the figures in the forecourt because i'm going to fill it anyway yeah afterwards you know but um you sit down and i've been really precise about this and looking at the fuel costs insurance costs Cost of tires, cost of servicing, maintenance, wipers, every single thing I do the car in a year, mm-hmm. you add it all up. And you don't always see that money coming out of your account. You know, you just do bits here and there, but you add it up over a year, it's, it's scary enough. Yeah. I have a very close friend. We were we were in business together years ago with Eurotanks, anybody remembers back in the day. Um, and he was a petrol head like me. And his last four years now, he's been driving an EV. 
and he wouldn't go back. Mm-hmm. He yeah. has a Hyundai at the moment mm-hmm. and loves it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loves Hi- it. The Hyundai is make, I make excellent EVs. They really do. Really, yeah. That one of his is just unreal. You know, he was one of the lucky ones because he got in early. He got the grant and all for getting the, the house charger and oh, all that yeah, sort yeah. of thing. And he's on economy seven and everything else. And he he's like that. He is a bit of a guy who's a you know. I don't want to use the word nerd, but he's a nerd. Uh, and he, <laughs> he, he, uh, he goes into all the fine details of what it's costing electric yeah. and all the rest of it. Yeah. And he's just a total no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loves it. No, well, hopefully, like, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I just, just I'd like to get it and kind of, uh, you know, tell the story as we go along and how, what it's like to live with. And live, and living with something's you know. totally different to, uh, in fact, you, you sort of hear the Tesla detractors when I hopped into the the Tesla uh, today and, and sort of thought I had been listening to all that noise about you know Musk and all the rest and then uh, you know two minutes of driving it's like oh, this is a bloody great it's a product like it's you know it's not mm. the car as I would normally term it but as a product as a as a thing to do something um, which I suppose is not like the Porsche is not just a thing to mm. do things it's <laughs> something to it's a thing to enjoy it's it, and I can I can appreciate both for what the yeah what to do, but yeah, let us know. Well, that actually brings me on nicely to the next thing on my list, which is that uh, during the, the research I was doing here, I read that Sony is going to start an electric car from Sony oh. of TV fame and uh, PlayStation. Is it going to be like the mini disc of uh, cars <laughs> showing is, our age here? This is the thing, you know, like, uh, like Tesla can kind of come out of nowhere. So Sony, sure, they with their uh, massive millions in the bank and all their research and the electronics and batteries over the years. And well, you know that they, they they innovated the Walkman and various other things. So, mm-hmm. you know, we need to get some photos yeah. of that. Uh, is there is there a concept or is there an actual car? I, I haven't seen any photos of anything. I think it's all just been announced. Really, that they're moving into that that area because Dyson tried it. Mm-hmm. I think Dyson spent an absolute fortune in it because you know you would think that sort of technical into battery technology, all that sort of carry on. You could see how that uh, would cross over, but then I think they had to. Um, they had to count. Oh, there actually are some. Uh, hmm. And I'll post some oh, pictures yeah. here on the uh, on, on, on the show, on the show, note, show notes. So there's sort of a and uh, very much a Tesla influence there. Uh, I can see in, in the pictures. Well, uh, I just yeah. find interesting there. You said you know it's, it's more of a, a brand thing now and a product. You know, and I think that's the angle Sony would probably take because the, a lot of young people are familiar with Sony because of the PS5 and the PS4 and the massive success they've had there. Mm-hmm. So. You know, if you were eighteen or nineteen, and then Sony released this car, and you've grown up with them knowing that, you, you know, might, might, you might get that brand appeal. Uh, the other, the other problem is with all this brand displacement is we could lose some of our beloved brands. I think you will. Yeah. I mean, that, I think that's part of the success of Tesla. Yeah. You know, but Tesla's no background. You know, Elon Musk, he's not a motorman. No. 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 Uh, Tesla is a, the name itself is a homage to Nikolai yeah, yeah. Tesla. You know, who was an absolute genius and didn't get the credit for what he was yep. for the things he did. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's nothing to do with cars. You know, and I think that appeals to a lot of young folk. When I say young folk, even you know people who can afford Teslas who aren't that young. Yeah. You know, but it doesn't it doesn't have that attachment to the the the, you know, the old stuff that's going on. You're right. I think you could start losing some of the real. Iconic names from mm-hmm. the past. Mm-hmm. Well, my, my eight-year-old could tell you what a Tesla is. Couldn't tell right. you what a Porsche is, probably. That's right. Yeah, he yeah. talks about them. Lots. The, the, the poster amazing. cars that were on our wall is just a totally different. Uh, yeah. Uh, Big Duracell battery. No? <laughs> 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 like charging cable. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you know what? Speaking of um, dying things, it didn't last too long, but it was impressive enough. Uh, 
Gary, did you ever uh, find yourself browsing drive tribe at any stage? So this, this was the, the, the big social media platform yes. uh, built by um, Clarkson, Hammond and May. They tried to build yeah. this huge website when they, after they left uh, BBC and started the Grand Tour and all the rest. And they're calling it mm-hmm. after five or six years and pumped millions into this. Uh, they got yeah. outside money into it as well. Yeah, huge, huge investment to Gary's bringing the website. I did more than browse it, I'm pretty sure I was a contributor on there. And, uh, stage. and yeah. yeah, three days until until the, the Drive Tide website and app shut down. Uh, very, very sad because actually uh, there were some good things about this. It seems to have been a good place for people to actually start their sort of journalism career. Oh, yeah, because because sort of anyone can. Well, it started off. They did a campaign, if you recall, and they were trying to attract uh, contributors to come in, and people would actually add media to the site and they add content. Mm-hmm. And I was one of them actually. And then you got an email back saying you've been accepted. You had to send through like a, a test review of a car or something. I got there from memory, and like I, I did run part of it for about a year and put up loads of articles and things. But then you know, I just kind of got fed up. There's so many people doing it, mm-hmm. you weren't making any headway. Um, but yeah, it's still sad to see it go. You know, it's. Again, you know, uh, do I like to see any side field? No, and like it's it's one of those not a dying art, but you know, I, I love reading Evo magazine, uh, the Intercooler, which was started by Dan Prosser, and is is absolutely fantastic as well. But it's hard to get uh, good writers. There's and just so much content online now. I think you know that you're spoiled for choice, and it's hard to make headway unless you're doing something really, really drastic, good, different. Yeah, so it's yeah. Uh, it's a shame. But anyway, enough of that. Uh, we were going to do some Q&A but we'll, as we said we will do that on our next uh, show Donal mm-hmm. welcome Thank again uh, Donal so you were recently crowned uh, circuit <laughs> manager at Kirkinson if I've got your uh, uh, full, full, full title um, and in the interest of fullness, if you aren't familiar with Kirkuson, even though we've, we've talked about it a lot already, it's probably known as what's the fastest racing circuit in Ireland, would it be? It's the fastest actual circuit as opposed to a road racing circuit. You know, obviously Dundrod's faster, but uh, in terms of a proper racing circuit, uh, it's the fastest one in Ireland. Yeah. And it's it's about 40 minutes from Belfast down the Norwich Peninsula. Uh, it's home to all sorts of uh, disciplines, single seater racing, bike racing, saloon sprints, all sorts of stuff, and of course, uh, from where I've come to know yourself, Donald, through through track days. Mm-hmm. So uh, you're one of the uh, two guys behind Track Skills, company that runs track days uh, down at the track, and I've been at loads of these, fantastically well run, and and you guys look like when I at one stage I was a newbie, and you know you look after new people really well, and. Um, because it can be quite a daunting thing to take your car out on track, uh, unexperienced drivers like. But a bit of a plug for you there, Donald. Let's it's, uh, <laughs> check out uh, trackskills.com if you fancy taking your car out on a circuit. Yeah. Uh, it's the best place to do it, especially with the amount of, uh, quote, unquote, uh, road safety partnership we get to see uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. about the place. Um, and uh, we talked earlier, you've, you've 10 dates uh, for this year. The first one's Sunday the 13th. Six- no, 6th of February. 6th of February, mm. right, okay. That's an important night. Unreal. And, uh, but, but back to yourself, mm-hmm. uh, you're an accomplished competitor yourself. You won the um, Saloon Series yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, maybe I've butchered the press release here, but did you organise your own uh, prize given for that as well? I did, actually. 
<laughs> it's quite funny. We uh, there's always a prize given at the end of the year. Well, it's actually always in, in January, and of course because of the COVID, we didn't have the previous years. Mm-hmm. So we were just itching to have a, a, a blowout this year. Yeah. So we, we decided, come hell or high water, we were having a prize giving. Yeah. You know? So we did um, up in the Ballymac. Yeah, yeah. Halfway between Lisburn and, and Dundrod. Not far uh, for me. I need, a, I need a social membership for this, I think. Oh, yeah, it was good. <laughs> I tell you, um, we had a great night and we give away, we actually give out all the trophies for the two years, mm-hmm. which was good fun. And one of the most amazing things uh, at Kirkuson, there's the uh, Fiesta class, which is the, the real bottom rung that, for people getting into racing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the cheapest way to do it. And there's a young lad has been coming to us for the last two years from Germany. Yeah. He turns oh, up at every race meeting, flies in from Germany. Uh, he hires the car off a guy called Ricky Hull, creative uh-huh. motorsport. Uh, Ricky runs the car for him. He just literally arrives with his dad and he races. He's doing very well. His name's Timon Dunk. Okay. And uh, he, he finished He finished about fifth in the championship last year, but he really came on well towards the end of the yeah. year. If he'd been going as well at the start of the year as he was at the end of the year, he probably would have been up in the top three. Um, so he, he he's only a young fellow. I mean, he's about 17 or something. You mm-hmm. know. So when we announced the prize giving, his dad got in touch. And at that stage, the COVID rules were if you flew, if you were over here in the UK and go back to Germany, you had to isolate for 10 days. Mm-hmm. And Timon was starting school on the Monday, so he couldn't come. So his dad came instead. Oh. And he had a ball. We, we, we certainly introduced him to Irish hospitality. <laughs> <you know>? Fantastic. <laughs> that, that's unreal. So we've, we actually touched on the 330 series earlier mm-hmm. on, so the Fiesta Championship. Yep. So if you build it, or you used to be able to build a 330 for 70 at 10 grand, what, mm-hmm. what puts you into a Fiesta then? And uh, well... They're starting to go up again a wee bit in price, but I saw there was one advertised today actually in the south, and it was ready to go on three thousand three hundred euro. So that's and that's about two thousand seven hundred. And that's like for an early two thousands ZTEC one point two five one point two five ZTEC. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yep. Cage seat. Cage seat. That's harness. it. Right. The only thing that it, that car hadn't got. He'd obviously taken it out to put it into something else. He'd taken a harness out mm-hmm. and uh, he'd taken something else. It might have been an extinguisher or something like that. So it, you'd had to put those in, but, mm-hmm. you know. Well, the five hundred start points, not enough power to get you into too much trouble. And um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, except for the fact there's about 17 other ones there beside you, but yeah. they're all exactly the same amount of power, all heading to the same corner. <laughs> uh, I have to say, from sheer entertainment value, the Fiesta racing at Kirkuson is mighty, mm-hmm. absolutely mighty. It got a wee bit out of hand at the start of the year last year, and the, the clerk of the course had a severe talking to them. You know, <laughs> and the, the last there's actually a YouTube video. If you look it up on YouTube, I can't remember what it is, but it's it is. Probably the, one of the best in-car videos I've seen. It was the last Fiesta race of the year. It was for the championship. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it all came down to the last race, and it was clean. Mm-hmm. And it was absolutely brilliant. The guy that won the race won the championship. But at one point, he was down to sixth. Oh. You know, and he was, you know, he'd, he'd, he'd started out in the lead, dropped back down, and then fought his way back up again. And it is brilliant. If you get a chance, YouTube, look up Kirkus and Fiesta Championship we'd, 2021. We'll po- post that. We'll we, we do show notes, so we'll we right. post it in the show notes and, and put it along with the... Uh, with the show, but here we're, we're here to talk about you specifically, Donald, right? <laughs> okay. There's no getting away from it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and you've raced everything. I, I, Most things, yeah. So, like we're talking bikes, Formula yes. V, Formula Ford, mm-hmm. and the saloons and the 330s and, and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. Um, was it a Leon you? Still have a Leon, I yeah. still have the mm-hmm. Leon as well. Mark 1 Leon, not the, not the, the other one. So, like, a, is that an 18 Turbo type one? Ah, uh-huh, 1.8, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, so it's fair to say that you probably know every inch of the black stuff 
Yes, down at Kirkston. From the bike days, I've known it very, very closely. <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I am all parts of you, maybe. Yes, exactly. But uh, on top of that all, entrepreneur, mm-hmm. you've track skills, mm-hmm. you run Mulsanne Casinos. Yeah, note the name. Yes, like it, it was actually called after the street. Uh, it, the the two hundred mile an hour plus. <laughs> it uh, was in the days when we started that. Yeah, uh, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast. I have never been to the mall. Busting to oh, go. Oh, it's wonderful. And it really is wonderful. And in fact, when we were at uh, we we uh, yeah, were chatting to a guy at the classic show, we we were talking in, in detail about a guy who you know runs the the and looking at the the map to try and find out where our tent would be and all the rest. It's just brilliant. It's a fantastic weekend. I recommend it. If you haven't done it, do it. First time I did it was 1999, and I actually decided I didn't know where I was going, what I was doing, so I went on one of the tours. Mm -hmm. So I flew over to London, got on the bus at London. Oh, brilliant. And away we went. Back then, no, they didn't have the tunnel, and so I went across the boat Mm -hmm. and uh, drove down, and you basically basically could come to the the bus at any time, so you're more to sleep on it if you wanted, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, and they had arrangements with people that get into a hospitality tent and all this sort of thing. And it was a brilliant introduction to it. You know, really, really good. And then the shortly after the last race, uh, shortly after the flag was finished, within about two hours, you were back on the bus heading home. You mm-hmm. know? And uh, after I did that in, in 99, and then after that, I went across under my own steam with a motorhome. You know? I, I bet you being on the bus, it was full of characters as well, because everyone was just... Pure petrol heads. Oh yeah, absolutely. But the other thing, speaking about pure petrol heads, I mean, when you're on a bus, obviously the bus is doing 57 miles an hour. Uh-huh. The stuff that's going past you on the motorway <laughs> at 157 miles an hour, absolutely <laughs> amazing. You know, you've never seen so many class motors going going past you at Mach 10. You know, and when you get there, the great thing about Le Mans is it's such a big, massive, massive, massive site. You know, the size of the of the circuit and all the different marks, all mm-hmm. the classic marks have gatherings. See, this is their annual outing. You know, yeah. so you'll get the Morgan Owners Club will turn up. Yeah. Every Morgan you've ever seen, from three wheelers up to the, the latest, you know, Aero. And you'll get uh, your Triumph Owners Clubs, you know, all the different ones all the way through, and Jaguar, and so on, and so on, and so on. Uh, and it's just brilliant. I mean, it's... It's just like a big mecca for car people, isn't it? It's just yeah. unreal. The only thing that comes close to it is uh, Goodwood, you know, the Festival oh, of Speed. Oh, Goodwood's you know. unreal. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. But uh, Le Mans just a bigger site. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. I recommend it if you haven't been go to it. I mean, I, I, my my big love always was, and it is still to this day, road racing. And I used to go to the TT every year. <laughs> and a couple of years I was there. It was wet, and I was sitting in the hotel room, I was flicking the channel, and I saw Le Mans. And that's what got me. I, thought, I need to go to that. Yeah. And I went to Le Mans, as I say, in '99. Never went back to the TT. Went to Le Mans wow. after that. That's some <laughs> yeah. endorsement. Mm. So, so. You have a casino business that you named after a fun casino business. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and which I have actually partaken in. I can't remember what event that was at. It was a couple of times <laughs> of, we've we've crossed paths. That's that's great crack. Mm-hmm. You do PR. Oh, uh, you, well, that's now been absorbed by the by the job at Kirkson. I've job been all the PR for Kirkson, and I, that's that's part of what I do now. And and I'm and I'm, I'm watching my surroundings carefully here, and I'm keeping an eye on the clock because you're also a hypnotist. That's right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look so at the <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, like, so this is a broad uh, church of oh, both uh, life and uh, motoring skills. Where, 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 where did this all come from? You know, <laughs> or you know, where, 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 there's obviously an obvious love of cars and bikes here. Where, you know, where is that? Um, it's funny because I am not a natural rider or a natural driver. 
you know, it wasn't as if I suddenly... I mean, my experience with motorbikes was disastrous at the start. I just couldn't get my head around them, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I mean, I, I'd love to be able to play an instrument, and I can't because my, my left... I couldn't play the piano because I couldn't get my right hand to do one thing, my left hand to do mm-hmm. something else. And when I jumped onto a motorbike, it was exactly the same. Mm-hmm. You know, only you had to have your right foot, your left foot, and so yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't get on with them at all. And I'd actually given up. I decided I wasn't going to do it. And, and now this is when I was about... 12 or 13 and then a friend of mine went and bought this most beautiful bike from it must have been back in the days when the police had sell-offs you know they would sell off things it was a wee beautiful tiger cub and up until that point we'd always been buying rat bikes for 20 quid 25 quid at the time i don't know what he paid for this but it was absolutely gorgeous and he said take a ride in that and it all just clicked you know and that mm-hmm. was me into bikes from then and a few years later, I was racing them, you know, and I ended up, made, finished up with a 750 two-stroke Yamaha at uh, Dundrod in the Northwest, which was just Oh, perfect. class. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, and there was nothing like it. I mean, it's, it is the ultimate sport as far as I'm concerned. There's yeah. nothing compares to it, you know. And then uh, I did a, had a crazy year in my life in 1982, 83, 83, when I raced the Forerunners to quads which were called ATCs. Okay. They had three wheels instead of four. They, uh-huh. ba- they banned them because they were too dangerous. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. It just sounds like something that would fall, continually fall over. Exactly. And that was crazy. I hurt myself more in one year doing those than I did in any, all the time road racing. And I decided I had to get, in there, had to get another wheel back. You know, so I, there was, back in the day when you could do this sort of thing, we had a sort of a welcome everybody. We're going to have a test day for Formula V at Kirkson. And the public just turned up. Mm-hmm. And I was one of the public in those days. I turned up and got a run in a Formula V and fell in love. And that was it. And, and was this, see, like, was this, was your family into it? Was it just mates into it? Was it just something you just tore off on your own and uh, did? Or? Yeah, more, well, my family wasn't into it. Although, funny enough, uh, before I was born, my mother used to drive a V8 pilot. Ford Pilot back in the day, you know. Uh, My dad wasn't a petrol head in particular. Um, He was a very cautious driver and all Mm -hmm. the rest of it, you know. So it didn't didn't really come from family. Um, The bikes, as I say, a lot of friends, we were all around about those days, we were into bikes and whatnot, and Mm -hmm. that's how I got into them. Uh, The car thing, um, by that, I always watched Formula One and so on on TV, Mm -hmm. always did, right from way, way back, black and white. And I suppose I always liked that idea, but when I jumped into the Formula V at Kirkuson and uh, discovered that debtors was flat, and it was, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, that was it. I was hooked. You yeah, know? unreal. And I've been racing ever since. That was 1984. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. So it's been good. Uh, it's been really good. I've enjoyed it. So, and, uh, so what made you get involved? So at that stage, were you just a competitor there, or did you get involved? And in, so you're very involved with the circuit and you have been I know since I've known you for the last mm-hmm. 15 or, or 20 years but were you involved as much with the circuit back then or were you just a uh, it's just it's funny actually that story because basically uh, whenever I was racing motorbikes and to this day the motorbike crowd uh, I don't mean I disparagingly when I say crowd I would talk about the car crowd the motorbike crowd the motorbike people always thought that the car people were looking down on them mm-hmm. you know and maybe there might have been a case maybe back in the 60s. I don't know. I wasn't about in those days, you know. But uh, I was one of the motorbike crowd, so I thought that too, you know. And then, as I say, I ended up racing cars. But I went in as Formula Vs. And the problem with Formula Vs was they had a, a serious inferiority complex as well because they were the cheapest of single-seaters. And they were absolutely brilliant. So we, being the Formula Fee drivers, we thought we were getting hard done by by the by the five hundred club. Now, in actual fact, looking back on, it, I know we weren't at the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, that particular year, we decided to get a couple of people onto the committee 
of the 500 Club. And the 500 Club is... Who own Kirkus. Who own Kirkus. They actually own Kirkus. It's the only club-owned circuit in Europe, Mm -hmm. right? So we actually got two Formula V drivers onto the council Mm -hmm. to to stand up for Formula V rights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was one of them. Right, okay. And I've been on the council ever since. Yeah. (laughs) I'm probably... Mm -hmm. Up until very recently, I was the second longest person on the 500 Club Council, you know. And the guy that I've replaced actually was the longest person, mm-hmm. you know, so it's really quite strange. But um, it turned out, you know, they, 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 it, was, it was all in their head. You know, yeah. they, they, you always, when you think you're inferior, then you are inferior, you know. And uh, the Formula Vs, the, what it has given me, I have a real soft spot for them. Mm-hmm. I think they're the wonderful racing and, and recommend it to anybody. If you want to get started in single-seaters, that's the way to go, you know. Okay. Uh, so I've been doing it since then. I got more and more involved in the club. Uh, just because I, I suppose I can't help it, I like organising things. Mm-hmm. You know? And then it was around about 2000 that track days were starting to happen. Uh-huh. Uh, it it started to become water. a thing. Yeah. And it came up at the council and somebody said, you know, we should run track days. In fact, I think it was myself and another guy, Keith Ray, Keith at the Ray, time was yeah. on the council with me. And we said we should run track days and the council didn't want to know. Mm-hmm. You know? So we got our heads together and said, right, we'll run track days. Mm-hmm. And that was the birth of track skills. Yeah. You know? And it has grown to what it is now. And, you know? and two decades later. And two just de- over two decades. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's brilliant. We- and the interesting thing is that if you look at any race day uh, at Kirkuson, there's about 30 to 40 drivers who are now racing who came through track schools. Yeah, who got a, yeah. Who got a taste for it. Got the bug, yeah. yeah. And this year alone, I know of three drivers who are, who've done their arch test to go racing Yeah, this year. Yeah, because th- that's the great thing about going to a track day, because it's not just like like me bringing a road car. Mm-hmm. It's, it's guys doing a bit of testing and... Mm-hmm. In their See competition their, cars, yeah. exactly, and then and then suddenly you're chatting to the people in the pits and all mm-hmm. the rest, and I, I could just I could totally imagine how that part of fun is just walking around and yeah. maximum for everyone that's seen them. Yeah, yeah, and that's a totally organic next step for some people just to go go into it. Yeah. And I, I've thought about it loads of times, but I haven't. <laughs> I, uh, I haven't uh, but uh, having said that, there's other people. Um, great, great guy. Example is Eric Fulton. You know where it has the we. Uh, it's an XNI seven car, mm-hmm. lovely we thing. Uh, used to be on with David much, but uh, Eric now Eric could be racing. He's a good enough driver to be racing. But I said, to Eric, "Are you going to race this car?" No, no, no. He says, "I just want to do track days." You know, mm-hmm. and you know, there's people who do that, and that's fine. That's brilliant. The other guy we mentioned earlier on with the yellow BMW, mm-hmm. Arnold. You know, Arnold's capable of racing easily. Yeah, no interest in racing yeah. whatsoever. And the other guy who I haven't seen for probably five or six years now was Paul Keys. Do you remember Paul? Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Key's one of the best drivers I've ever sat with mm-hmm. in anything. Mm-hmm. And Paul could have gone racing and cleaned up. At any level. People wouldn't have seen where he went. The track days, there's no pressure. It's just there's none whatsoever. It's not a race. You're not allowed to race. <laughs> That's the point. Officially, you're not allowed to time. You know, and officially, we don't time. Mm-hmm. But these days, with the various things, gizmos you can put in your cockpit, it'll oh, tell you exactly sure. what speed you're doing. Harry's lap timer yeah. and all the rest. Exactly, yeah. 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 But the whole idea is you rightly identify, Gary, there's no pressure. And that's the key to it. You go out there, you drive as fast as you want to drive, you know, or as slow as you want to drive, if you want to put it that way. Uh, and nobody's expecting you to, to try breaking records. To me, it's you're, you're there to hone your skills, not defend them. Exactly. You know, and that's, that's exactly. And to, you know, to use your car, find out what your car does in, in a safe environment. One of the... One of the things I look back at with the most sort of uh, pleasure is we, uh, it's probably now seven or eight years ago, do you remember when the the law came in that police could impound cars with no tax Mm -hmm. and they could send them to the crusher, right? Well, not every car went to the crusher. 
uh, at the time because what happened was a number of cars that the police impounded were sent to uh, some of the the, the uh, further education colleges mm-hmm. or like for they, the like, students. Yes, like that. The, was the Police Evil? Was that one of them? No? Police Evil was orig- one of the original ones, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Well, back in the days of that particular Police Evil, uh, the, 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 there was a very, very forward-looking uh, assistant constable up in, in uh, uh, up the north end of the country. Mm-hmm. Maidan? Uh, round about Maidan, yeah. And he decided, he teamed up with uh, the, the Limavati uh, College, Mm-hmm. And they had a they had a great setup in there. Like quite a few of the college have the full MOT center, you know, yes. and all the rest of it. But what had happened that um, the north that whole north coast area had a very high fatality rate mm-hmm. of young men, uh, seventeen to twenty three, getting killed. It was it was the highest in Northern Ireland, as far as I know. And Limavady, uh, the the the. The college, they started a thing called Limavati Cruiser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And the whole idea behind the cruisers, back in the day, a lot of guys were just chopping springs and all sorts of things. And the cars were death traps. So uh, there's William, William's one of the lecturers up there, and he said, look, bring the cars in here on a Thursday night, and we'll show you how to do it right. Mm-hmm. You know? And they ended up having this great club, Limavati Cruisers, and the cars were all you know, customised and all the rest, but they were safe. Mm-hmm. And the police got involved to help and mm-hmm. give advice and so on. And the next thing, we first heard about this because we got a call from uh, the college saying, look, these boys have built two cars for the track. Mm-hmm. Could we bring them down and let them have a drive? Yeah, mm-hmm. Come on ahead. They came down, I remember, <laughs> a, a full sort of uh, minibus load of them, mm-hmm. you know, and they drove around the circle. They thought it was great. And we ended up, to cut a long story short because it can go on a bit, we ended up doing two full days for six colleges in Northern Ireland. Oh, fantastic. Who had all built cars, and about six different, 68 students came with them. And I particularly remember the last day. The last day it rained from the minute they arrived to the minute they left, right? And there was one particular guy, I can't remember what the car, I think it was an Astra, but he went into the tyres at the Herpin three times, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And at the when the day was all over, uh, they were up in the in the what we the sort of the clubhouse area, and they were having a, a debrief. And the the uh, chief constable said, "Look, is anybody anybody like to say anything here?" And this young lad stood up, and I thought in a room full of his peers, it showed he had an awful lot of guts, you know. Mm-hmm. And he says, "I would just like to say," he says, "I'm the guy that hit the tires three times." He said, "If I had done that in the road, I'd have been dead, mm-hmm. or I would have killed somebody else." He said, yeah. "I learned so much today; yeah. it's unreal." And that was the key to the whole thing. Yeah. You go out on a track, and you can make a mistake. Yes, and hopefully you're not going to hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're probably, I'd say, almost definitely not going to hurt somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. uh, the, the place to make the mistakes. It's on a circuit, not on the roads. Yeah. And that's one of the things about track days. We don't want people to go out and start hitting barriers and all the rest of it. But we do want people to discover what happens when the back end steps out or the front end worse. Yes. You know, you something into- I've mentioned on here before, and mm-hmm. I know a bit of drum about it, but I've, I've always said like it should be compulsory now as part of your driving test that you Absolutely. do at least one track day or something about car control. Yeah. yeah. Because nobody gets in an accident because they're doing 30 mile an hour driving safely. It's always when the car gets out of shape. I, of course I, it is. I totally disagree with our, our plate system here. Yes. Uh, the fact that you when you're learning you, and when you're you can't practice on the motorway, you know, mm-hmm. and all that. Although I think there's maybe talk of changing some of that. that yeah. But uh, but you know, it's crazy. You know, people yeah. should be used to driving at speed with the traffic and even basic stuff like that. Aquaplane and stuff like that. Don't you mm-hmm. know? You have to learn well, you, you look at Northern Ireland. You get a, a skiff of snow, and all of a sudden the traffic's going mm-hmm. at five miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because everybody's absolutely terrified mm-hmm. because they don't know what's going to happen. You know, and really. What I would love to see here is a, I'd love to have is a good, a really good big skid pan mm-hmm. you know, yeah. to teach people. You know, a yeah. proper skid pan as opposed to that cradle thing you can put a car in, you know. Yeah. 
and uh, just show people what happens. Let them go out and find out for themselves what happens yeah, in a safe environment. Yeah. yeah, it'd be a great idea. I'd love to see it. Yeah, yeah. totally. No, that's that's a brilliant initiative. You know, I don't see more of it. Well, what actually killed it was insurance. As as always, always, as always is. Always. Yeah. yeah. You know, you imagine talking to an insurance company, well, we're going to let these young lads out in this car in Kirkuson. <laughs> <laughs> and they've all got licenses, but they've never driven at this speed before. You know? mm-hmm. uh, and you know, and all of a sudden, well, if they do get hurt, who's going to cover them? You know, the insurance company. It was the, it was the college's insurance. Right. And the, yeah. the sad thing is that these are young guys who might avoid an accident in the Absolutely. cost more insurance. Definitely. So, yeah. Ah, it's it's, it's ours about face. Well, the interesting yeah. thing, I don't want to say, I couldn't say it was all down to us, but we were certainly part of it. The fatality rate in the North Coast came down mm-hmm. dramatically after yeah. that initiative. Yeah. Yeah, so. Good. It's the right type of engagement, doesn't it, rather than I just think being hammered? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very much the carrot rather than the stick. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, you've, you've sent us some uh, uh, some photos here <laughs> uh, on down the... On down the page, one of which is uh, I think I think that man is a crisp enthusiast. Of, he is uh, indeed, Gary Lineker. Yes, yeah. that some of these photos I, I just rooted them out of the, the archives, um, and I don't I can't remember that was an, uh, there was some initiative going on with karting. That young lad has obviously got the K plate, which is what you get uh, for winning a particular event at Kirkus. Mm-hmm. You, you become the K driver uh, in karts, and Lineker was there. Um, it was some initiative from the TV. And they were going around all around Ireland or the UK. All oh, right, okay. So people think you know it's it's really funny. Some people don't know Kirkland exists. Uh-huh. Other people think it's just a bike racing track. Yeah. You know, it's unbelievable the number of people the, t- the people that we've had through the place. Mm-hmm. You know uh, the names that we've had through the place. And mm-hmm. um, it's unfortunately nobody ever got a, uh, a visitor book. And we really should have. We're going to have I'll tell you, we will have one in the you, next month. <laughs> you, you guys should have a Hall of Fame. You're walking, you know, you should be tripping over photos of, of these the people who have been. I mean, one of the funniest ones, and this won't mean anything to some of your, your listeners because they're it's far too they're far too young. But uh, Peter Geffen, for years, was the fastest ever Formula One driver. He won Monza in a, in a slipstream fest at some ridiculous 151 average or something like that, you know. And he dropped in through. It's Kirkuson one day with, uh, oh, not Frankie Dottori, it was another guy, Richard Dunwoody, mm-hmm. the horse, mm-hmm. jo- the jockey, you know, and they just dropped in to say hello one Unbelievable. day. Unbelievable. <laughs> 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 um, totally amazing. It's, it's fantastic, the people who have been to that place and, um, and, and guys who have come up through and gone on to greater things, mm-hmm. you know, and they came through when they were unknowns. Well, yeah. I think if you if we, we hit the next picture, we'll, yeah. we'll post these folks all in the show notes. So if you're sitting and listening in the car... Uh, well, if you go um, back, that's sorry. our Pamela. Yeah. yeah. Pamela is a total petrol head. Pa- yeah, so this is Pamela Ballantyne, off, off, of course, uh, RPM fame, of UTV mm-hmm. fame and, and all the rest. And is yeah. that... What's that she's standing that's in a, it front looks of? Like, I figure that's a rally cross. Back in the day, it looks like a rally cross. What, what, what's, your, what's your steering? Is that, is that a, 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 a panda? It looks a bit like a panda, doesn't it? It's got a very short front. We have yeah. a, a pink panda. <laughs> Interestingly, her, her her number on the bonnet is... It's 69, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and sponsored by Duncan. Do you remember Duncan Donuts, Duncan Donuts was in, Donuts, North, yes. in, in Northern Ireland? So so Pamela was, Pamela was doing a bit of... Re- yeah, look, she's wearing a fate... She's wearing a fate uh, uh, yeah, brand it, she must be a panda, and the, it says Kena Cumber on the overalls. That goes, that's gone back away as well. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, yeah. so that, that uh, she's certainly in her cars. Like we, my dad does rallying. Used to always see her rallies even when she wasn't like coasting around. She'd just be already. Oh yeah, she's so. she's a real petrol head. One of the I tell you one of the funniest nights I've ever heard. I can't really go into fine details here, as you've been banned forever. But uh, Steve Parrish, mm-hmm. the bike rider, yeah. bike racer, right? Steve, who was. Um, 
Barry Sheen's teammate back in the days that worked Suzuki, you know. Uh, Steve Parrish and Pamela were, it was the Sparks do, at, um, which is the char- big charity event at, at Culloden mm-hmm. every year. And Pamela was hosting it. And Steve Parrish is one of them. I mean, Steve, like Steve is a hoot, an mm-hmm. absolute hoot, you know. And he's the master of innuendo, mm-hmm. you know. He can say things without saying them, you know. And, of course, Pamela is basically the female equivalent, yes. you know. And the two of them together got going that night. And the whole place was just in kinks, absolute <laughs> kinks of the two of them, you know. She's wonderful. She's a superstar. She, I, uh, w- we met her at the at Goodwood, actually, in mm. the NGK uh, VIP section. It had a bar and all. <laughs> I was with a pile of guys. And, of course, as soon as she heard the Northern Irish accent, she was straight, straight over at our table, mm-hmm. you know, and just uh, a brilliant night. But uh, I would actually love to... I've, I've spoken to Plum before, and I reviewed his book, but I would love to have him on the show and Pamela and maybe some of the other from the, to get a bit of the old RPM uh, mm-hmm. stuff out of the archives because that was a great a great part of our history, sadly. Yeah. Gone. Bit of Kipper and Yando going on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. so, definitely, that is just, I just hooked that out. That's that's about 1961. Okay, so some, some single uh, seaters. Single seaters in the day. I mean, you can see it was it was busy in those days, you know. Going by the sort of uh, the rapier, I think that is, is certainly as a sunbeam. Uh, road car up in the middle, and there's an old Fox Old Crested, you see, yeah. or, oh, yeah. or something like that sitting on over a bit. Fantastic. So I figure that's about 1961. Uh, those were all, I was reliably told by Richard Young, those were all hand built cars, those single seaters. Unreal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and look fantastic. Look at, look at the leather in the back, back oh, of that yeah. seat. We'll, we'll, we'll post this uh, again. <laughs> again, it's terrible for, this is not for. Uh, for audio, is it when there's no. you, you have great great photos to see? But it we just saw a lot of these at the classic shows as well. You know the mm-hmm. modern versions, like they were yeah, really nicely yeah. done. Yeah, but uh, fantastic. That, I love that one simply oh, yeah. because that's the old. That's the that was that's where the control tower is. So, now, so this is this is the start finish line that Kirkson uh-huh. we're looking at. But there's no arm go barrier. <laughs> there's there's no control tower. There's just a double decker bus uh-huh. with a bit of advertising <laughs> on the side of it, and a pile of cars just absolutely lighting up the start finish line. So that, that safety. I mean, I don't know what those two bales are for there. I mean, they're not going <laughs> to. They're only something to hit as opposed to something to save you. The target. Uh-huh. I, I remember one of the very first times I went to Kirkuson, and I was only maybe, maybe seventeen, and uh, I was up standing waiting to get across the track and watching the cars cars go by and a car crashed almost in front of the tower and hit one of the big blue bins oh. and it went flying past me it's like this place is serious <laughs> it really was I, I, I haven't got one I would show on it to you but there's a, there's a couple of photographs of the uh, the Herpin back in those mm-hmm. days and the Herpin was lined with people and there was no barriers so somebody had break themselves. Like they were yeah. just heading straight. Everyone just was just, just running. Everybody go to the running, roads, yeah. running for the hills. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, it's it's like a lot of circuits in the UK. at old uh, old airbase. Yes, that's an old. Uh, Kirkuson's an old airfield. And what's amazing is that you know you look at the size of Kirkuson, you think it's quite big. You know, two point two point what one? That's one point five six miles. Oh, it's only circuit, 1.56, yeah. okay. But I mean, the the, the general site. It's only a tiny fraction of what the airfield was. Most yep. of it was on the other yep. side of the road. Yeah. And it was massive, you know. So it's... Fantastic. Unreal. It's a, it's a fascinating Sorry. place. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, this one I'm particularly fond of. What, okay, another photo. Oh, yeah. What, what, tell us, tell the listeners what we have in front of us. They'll have to... 
think uh, of it in your mind. I'm having a mental blank here. This is a Formula Renault or something like that. It's run by uh, the Douglas Racing Team. You'll you hear them mentioned on BTCC uh-huh. in the likes of the, the, the we'd run a lot of junior, juniors and other things. That's Dougal himself to the extreme right, and that's his dad on the extreme left. Mm-hmm. His dad was a heck of a driver in his day. Um, he drove minis at Dunmore, and he also was a rallycross driver. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. Dougal himself was a good driver, but he then decided to go into team uh, management. Uh, I'm, the reason I'm waffling here because I'm having a mental blank with the name of the guy I want to talk to you about. It's the guy in the middle beside the rather beautiful looking lady uh, <laughs> with the hair. That's his wife. Uh-huh. And it's not... Uh, God, it's not It's not really... It's, it's formerly, formerly a 500 motor racing world champion in, in bikes and the name has le- left it. That's his young son. Uh, Doon. Jack, uh, yeah, that's, that's young Doon. And that's his dad. There, these are people that are at Kirkston mm-hmm. have turned up out of the blue. No, no, not out of the blue. Douglas was there, you know, organising them. Yeah. Uh, Dougal was there getting them testing. But um, it, they, they are fantastic. The young lad now, I think, has got as far as Formula, certainly Formula Three, maybe Formula Two, yeah. and is starting to break the belt. I could see him in certainly. If he doesn't hit Formula One, he'll end up in the D cars in America. Yeah, yeah, unreal. And you know, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And, and- and then we've got we've got one final fo- uh, photo, and this is well, a, this is a black and white. The reason for bringing that one is that Team Elite, or as you can see, Team Elite were a UK team, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this photo was taken way back in nineteen, maybe even late fifties or sixties. Uh, and what is this? I have no what, idea. It's a Lotus, I think. It. It's some sort of Lotus, right? But they had just won their class at Le Mans. Uh-huh. And he came at the end of the month to race at Kirkuson. Unbelievable. You know, it's just, I just thought it was a talking point, you know. Oh, it's just... So yeah. the history of the place is quite amazing, the people who have been there. You have know. turned up. Uh, yeah, out of the blue. You know. So so no wonder the, the, the 30, 40 years that you've been involved with the circuit, mm. there's never a dull moment. Oh, there's never a dull moment. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy place. Who, who, you know? Any big names have come over uh, recently in the last five or ten years that um, well, surprised you? One of my favourites is the guy who was practically living there for a while, it was Guy Martin. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Guy Martin, I mean, if you read his book, he mentions Kirkuson so many times, yeah. the different things he's done. Yeah. There's a picture I was trying to get, but I couldn't get my hands on it. One of the guys has it, of Guy raking about an RB John Deere lawnmower. <laughs> <around Kirkuson>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think he would drive anything. Oh, kind of absolutely. Um, you know, we've had a lot of people out there. there uh, I mean, Joe, Joe Dunlop, Joey, as everybody calls him, but... Um, he used to test at Kirkuson before the TT because he f- said Detters is the first left-hander at Kirkuson. It's extremely quick. And he said that was the only corner that would let him get his bike set up right wow. before he went to the TT because of the speed of the, yeah. and, and, the, and the angle of it. Um, so we, and we've, had a, we've had a lot of good people through the place, you know. And they, they keep on coming. Yeah? And the, the cars keep on coming as well. We have some nice tasty things come mm-hmm. across. You know? I'm not a mad fan of classic things, but you know, you got to appreciate it when somebody brings a big sort of V8 Formula 5000. The yeah. sheer rumble. With two of them, I think it was two years ago, uh, and they were just absolutely fantastic. The sound unreal. Monsters. Absolute yeah. monsters. But it's a, it's a cool place, and it has a lot of history. Yeah, un- unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, and your, yourself then, so... Taking the park and the track side of things as well, you've and you've got the track skills business and mm-hmm. all the rest. So, so uh, where does where's the, where's the the rest of uh, Donal O'Neill sit in this? The, the where does the, where, where does the hypnotist come from? Someone who is <laughs> is uh, mad into racing or well, I uh, 
the gambling I can understand more, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> That's why I went for the hypnotist. <laughs> uh, back around about the 80s as well, but at the same time I was getting into the cars, I was also an entertainment agent. That was my main business. That's, and I remember we, we talked about over a few beers one one night, you, mm-hmm. you let this, this slip and you were an agent for some big bigger acts um, well, acts I did a lot of local acts as well agent promoter I used to um, I, I'm a great lover of music all sorts of music but I used to bring uh, blues guys in you wow. know uh, Chicago blues men and whatnot. And I used to tag on to the, the, the tail end of tours that were doing in the UK mm-hmm. and I would sort of grab them bring them over here usually maybe just do Belfast sometimes we'd send them down to Enniskillen to the, 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 the theatre down there and the odd time down to Dublin you know so I did that. That was great crack. Some really, really interesting characters. You know, unfortunately now that that was back in the eighties, and most of them are long gone mm-hmm. now. You know, but it was great to have been associated with them and, and worked with them. And in some cases, had I mean, I sat. There was one guy we brought, and he became a real favourite in Belfast. I brought him back three or four times. A guy called Louisiana Red, mm-hmm. and Red was just absolutely larger than life in every way. He was a monster of a man, and he was just an incredible guitar player. A really, really nice guy. And uh, the first time I brought him in, um, I used to keep, I always used to keep anybody I brought in, Dobbins Hotel, down in Carrickfergus. And I'd pick them up at the airport and got to the hotel, opened the room up, made sure he was happy with the room. And I, I asked him a question, and, you know, Red, you know, I've listened to some of your stuff, but what, what, you know, what sort of stuff do you play, really, you know? And he, he opened up his guitar case and sat down on the edge of the bed, and I had a two-hour private concert listening to this oh, guy. It was just, you couldn't ask for better, you know. Yeah. It ranks up there very highly uh, with, with some other things over the years. So uh, the, the entertainment business, as I say, I was an entertainment agent as well, so I looked after various bands and other acts in Northern Ireland. And uh, I worked with a number of hypnotists as well. And was fascinated by it. I mean, I've always been fascinated by that sort of thing, which is why I ended up doing a psychology degree. And it just really did. I couldn't believe what I was seeing, basically. So I started researching, digging into it and whatnot. And one thing led to another. Even even on the entertainment side, like uh, Northern Ireland, as I know it, is completely different to maybe what you knew it back then or what, how my parents knew it. You know, when you're... Uh, you know, we hear so much about the bath. I think it's, it's lovely to hear about, you know you bring in this total distraction to people's lives? Well, Northern Ireland has gone through a lot of changes, um, both good and bad. I mean, before my time, there was a massive, massive cabaret scene in Northern Ireland. Uh-huh. You know, and there was the show band scene as well yes. when you went into the, down the country Great a wee bands. bit. The Troubles came along and it effectively... It, well, it, what it did, it hit the, the cabaret clubs... Mm-hmm. It basically wiped them out, literally, mm-hmm. <laughs> in some cases, you know. Uh, and those clubs moved into, the, or those cabaret clubs that were open to the public moved into the, the club scene, mm-hmm. you know, so you would have had, a, you know, football clubs and various other clubs. And then it kind of withered and died, mm-hmm. you know, the whole cabaret scene. The band scene was still about, but it was more west of the band, Cookstown, places like that were, were really good. That's where the, good, the big crowd still were. It was the remnants of the show band scene. Mm-hmm. But there were some good bands coming, the likes of Sunshine and whatnot. And I brought a band in and set up residence here called Gaga, and they were terrific, you know. And that was a, that was a great thing to be involved in. Mm-hmm. It was good fun, you know. So I, I missed the height of the cabaret scene, but they say the hypnotic stuff still was, there was business there. And thankfully now it's coming back. And what is coming back now is there's a, 
there's an awful lot of people now. There's more people playing now than they're ever playing. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go into any bar now, they've all got even Belfast. Every bar has somebody in the corner playing yeah. the guitar and singing. Yeah, you know, totally. which is brilliant. Gets people work, gives them a little. Oh, look, I know. think Belfast for a, for a, for an evening out for a bite to eat, for food is top class. It's and branching. It, yeah, some, it's I, think, I think YouTube now is giving people such a platform to make themselves well known to get out. I you tell know. you, there's some there's a there, um, there's a girl in Grafton Street, yeah. in Dublin. Abby, uh, what's her other name? I just can't think of it. YouTube. Look up Abby Grafton Street. She's incredible, mm-hmm. you know. And YouTube has made it for her. Mm-hmm. You know, she's ended up playing all over Europe now. Mm-hmm. You know, simply because of her YouTube. Well, we, we went to see a guy a couple of months ago, Dan McCabe, in the City Hotel in Armagh. Mm-hmm. There was over a thousand people there, and like they were all standing at feet to the end, cheering him on. And yeah. this guy, at the start of the first lockdown, was stacking shelves in the supermarket. That's it. And he got a few songs on YouTube and just took off. That, that's so it. You know, this is one of the good things about social media. You know, mm-hmm. people can get their stuff out there. It used to be you had to be, you were begging yeah, you publish and publishers and record yeah. people. That, you know, you had to get your record break. Then some bands started self-publishing, which helped a bit. But now you can, and TikTok is another mm-hmm. one. You know. Yeah, huge. I mean, the, the, TikTok is absolutely huge. I mean, I, I, I've been, when I say I've been on TikTok, I've been watching TikTok for the yes. last couple of years, simply because of the magic on it. Oh yeah, people doing magic, and I'm into magic. I love that all that stuff, you know. And TikTok was one of the first places started doing mm-hmm. that, and it's it's brilliant, and it's good to give people that opportunity to get themselves out there. Now, there's obviously other things that are terrible with mm-hmm. social media. You know, it's sad, and, and this whole business of people putting themselves out there. Oh, look at me! Look at how good my life is. When in actual fact, behind the scenes, it's shit. You know, yeah. and it's it's mentally not good for people. Yeah. You know? no, people think they have to live up to that. You know. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the entertainment business is exciting again. Mm-hmm. You know, it really is. And uh, you, know, I would go back into it again if I was young enough to do it. You know, yeah. into the whole that end of it. But I, I love doing the hypnotic stuff. I love doing the uh, casinos and the casinos as well. So that's something you do at uh, weddings and events and all. Weddings, that. corporate, and so on. We've had a couple of real good runs with corporate over the Christmas period. Well, not actually over Christmas. Stuff was cancelled before Christmas, but we've just it's been we've got it back again mm-hmm. uh, this month and. Uh, it has been good, you know, and people really do let their hair down. It's good fun, you know. Yeah. There aren't any casinos in Northern Ireland, you know. They're not late, no real ones, you know. Yeah. And we all do it with funny money, you know. If it's a if it's a wedding, we get a picture of the bride and groom on the funny money. If it's a corporate, do we put the company logo on or whatever, you know. And we hand out the funny money at the start of the night, and it's it's just like a real casino. You know, the reason a real casino uses chips is to get you to forget it's real money. Yeah. You know, we give them the funny money, and as soon as they get the chips, they forget it's not. They forget it's not real, <laughs> you know? and they get into it big style. We had it here, you know, at my workplace at a Christmas party about three years ago, and I saw like 170 staff. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it was the best night's crack. It's it brilliant. Brilliant. We, ha- I mean, we've been doing it now. I started Molson a long, long time ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and we have worked for just about every big name there's ever been. But the best ones we've done in, in Belfast was with, uh, I think we. 12 or 14 tables in the Europa Hotel one night. Oh, um, fantastic. For a company which have now been absorbed by somebody else. They were one of the cash and carry companies that uh, were absorbed by, by uh, Musgrave. But it was a mighty night. Absolutely mighty night. We did that three or four years in the trot. It was brilliant. Yeah, And the biggest one we've ever done was 22 tables in Dublin. We actually had to bring some in. Wow. Yeah. That was mad. Unreal. Absolutely mad. <laughs> Unreal. So there's been a lot of stories about that too. Yeah. So 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 it's it's fair to say that you're you don't have a normal nine to five? No. And, and you never, haven't had ne- never have had. Never ever have had. I mean I came out of university and uh, what did I, I well I came out it wasn't it was Jordanstown back in the day before it was a university, it was a poly in those days. And the first job I ever had was in a lab and it was continental shifts, so it was twelve hour shifts. 
you know, th- um, seven out of fourteen. So yeah. that wasn't normal. Uh, I, that was I was in Cordell's. They went. They then closed down, and I went into Ambler's and Ballyclare in the lab in there, and that was night shift. You know, and then I came out of Ambler's and I started up with a mate of mine, Eurotanks, mm-hmm. way back, and that was in the days when all the cars in the road, their petrol tanks used to fall to rust. <laughs> over a period of time, you know, way before they started putting petrol or, or plastic, plastic tanks, tanks in the cars, in, yeah. you know. And I mean, we the, our favorite car was the uh, Morris Marina because the tanks were like sieves, you know. <laughs> what used to happen? They had a flat top. The, them and the Allegro, they were both equally wonderful as far Just as we were absolute concerned. Absolute dung. Uh, well, the back, the way they were designed, the, the, the muck came up off the back wheels, it settled on the top of the tank, mm-hmm. and of course sat, there wasn't enough there. speed to blow it off, so yeah, yeah, yeah. it sat there and just rusted its way through. And, I mean, our business was based on those two cars, and the, the other ones was the, the necks on the Ford Cortinas. Uh-huh. The, the tanks the themselves neck. were all right, but the filler neck used to rot, you know. And we, we ran that business for uh, quite a number of years, uh, refurbishing tanks, and did quite well out of it. And the only thing that killed it was the, the plastic tanks coming in, you know. And, and then and then you just uh, shed that skin and moved I, into something else. I'd, I'd begun. I'd got involved with the entertainment business at the same time as yep. I was doing Eurotanks, and then it came to the point there was two of us, Norman and myself. And as the business declined in Eurotanks, there really wasn't enough to sustain both of us. So at that stage, I'd begun to build the, the agency up with the entertainment. Mm-hmm. So I said, "Look, I'll cut out here." Norman and I are still the very best of friends. Mm-hmm. I went down the entertainment line. He stayed with the tanks until there was no business left. And he now works for Larson's, the paint coating company. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's an engineer in there. Oh, so, uh, no, it's been fascinating, but you're right. No, I've never had an ordinary job. And, and, and this is what I, we were talking about this earlier. I love about the podcast because we get more, we get a chance to have more than a two minute chat at the side of Kirkson <laughs> or, yeah. or uh, over a few beers or something like that, just because. Yeah, it's totally different. Totally different life to what many people are sitting. You know, they're going through their nine to five mm-hmm. or else, and and you've just moved from sometimes just one idea, f- yeah. one idea to another, and 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 made a whole career. Yeah, well, out this, of it, this I, is it. I mean, I've never, I've never had a real job. You know, <laughs> 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 I suppose being the manager of Kirkus is as close as I've ever got to having a real job. Really, you know, um, the, the the excitement about that is I'm looking forward to try and uh, develop. It, we've, it's going to be interesting in the next 10 years in terms of everything because you, you've got the, the the whole sort of eco business coming on you know people are just, let's face it we've just talked about with the electric vehicles you mm-hmm. know, the, the day of the internal combustion engine is numbered there's no mm-hmm. question about it you know we took a step last year at Kirkuston with some opposition within the club and we planted thirteen and a half thousand trees mm-hmm. in the circuit now that's for two reasons First reason is a noise deadener, mm-hmm. and the second reason is to offset our carbon footprint. Yep. You know, so when people do finally point the finger and say, what are you guys doing running around here with petrol engines? You know, you're burning up, you're sending carbon into the atmosphere. We say, yeah. well, we're actually have 13,500 trees here, yeah. which are offsetting that. You know? um, and things like that, we have, I mean, as I said to you earlier, some people think there's only ever motorbike races happening at Kirkuson. But there's other things even apart from the combustion engine. Mm-hmm. We have, uh, in a couple of months' time, we have a 5K running race. Kirkson, for yeah. the local people, you know, we have the uh, cycle races that yeah. happen there because people are scared to ride on the bikes on the road these days. Yep. It's too, you know, it's too dangerous. So they come to Kirkson and have their cycle race around Kirkson. Flat out debtors. Absolutely <laughs> flat out debtors. <laughs> um, and I'm hoping to, to, to take it that yeah. develop the you know we're part of the community down Make there. Make it multi-purpose. I want to become a bigger part of the community. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and. 
it, it, that, it'll help. It'll help a long way. Not a reason you can't. You see the way it's come along so far, you know, and that's... Yes, well, the, the circuit, I mean, compare those photographs to what it looks oh, yeah, like today. Yeah. It's staying there. Yeah. The thing, that's the thing about the Kirkuson, as opposed to all the other racetracks in the UK, as I said before, we're owned by the club. We're a non-profit organisation. Yeah. Every penny we make goes back into the track, which yeah. is why it looks like it looks. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's nobody taking anything out of it. You I've, know? I've seen a massive change in the 20 odd years that I've mm-hmm. been going in there. You know, you've you've uh, built a new pavilion, you've the pit yeah. garages, you know, yeah. and the surface uh, of the place, and the, and you know. And we'll keep doing that. I mean, I'd say the next thing there's things that you probably don't notice. Um, I mean, things that, you, that we've done that you won't notice. We, we extended the control tower mm-hmm. uh, to give the clerks of the courses better viewing and all the rest of it. So, you know, that's something most people wouldn't notice, but it's infinitely better than what it was, mm-hmm. infinitely better. Uh, probably the next thing we want to put uh, new signaling, electronic signaling at the corners, mm-hmm. you know, and down the line it'll be cameras at all the corners as yeah. well. And, you know, as the trees get bigger, we'll have to have cameras at the corners. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing about the trees, and that was the objection that people had. I mean, the fact is you can stand on the bank at the at the chicane and you can see three quarters of the circuit yeah. at the moment, you know. In ten years' time, you won't be able to do that. Mm-hmm. The new version of the, the Green Hill. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, This yeah, is yeah. it, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's progress. It has to happen. You know, it, I could see a situation if it didn't do these things, we simply wouldn't be open in ten years' mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. It would be gone. And you know, you know the, the you said there's a fair bit of land attached to this circuit. Would ever ever think expanding on that? It's or can funny you, you should say that. <laughs> <laughs> we have just. Um, I'm being careful with it. We're, it, it. We have just bought the house at the end of the circuit, um, which has four acres of land. Mm-hmm. Now, to be honest with you, the main reason for buying that house was not necessarily to get the four acres of land, although that will be useful, but it was to make sure nobody else bought it. Mm-hmm. You know, to make sure we didn't get somebody moving in and then saying, oh, you're far too loud, you know, yeah. because we do get a bit of that, you yeah. know. And people um, do that, to move in the, beside airports and places and then complain about exactly. the noise mm-hmm. that we're just... Yeah. You know. Well, that was the closest property to our circuit, uh, and we've now got it, you know. Great. So it, it'll be... That's going to end up being another business, you know, um, because... We're probably going to do it. Uh, we might rent it. We may do it Airbnb. I, th- I personally would like to go down the Airbnb route, but we'll have to sort oh. of see can we go that what, way. Because what, what an idea for comp- for for the likes of your German fellow coming right. over. Or well, this is yeah. it. Oh, I mean, we have uh, we have about thirteen weekends a year when there's some form of motorsport on at Kirkuson. Mm-hmm. And people, if you look at the paddock, people are staying over. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. people are already using, or, you know, uh, guest houses. Well, I was going to say a caravan park. You can see all those possibilities there for getting mm-hmm. small people in there. Ready to go? <laughs> this is oh it, yeah, 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 just uh, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Just you know, that's people want to go and fly mm-hmm. somewhere like, and uh, is it Palmer Sport do it? And then you can yeah. fly over and hire something and get out in a absolutely. You know, yeah. people here maybe visiting up around that part of the country and want to see around it. And you know, like I, I know, like when I when we used to go as a family when I was young, my dad's petrolhead, my brother's petrolhead. You'd always be looking for a go-kart track or something mm-hmm. to do where we are, something mm-hmm. car-related, you know. Yeah. And, and the other side of the coin is, if you look at that photograph that we have on our website, you know, the aerial photograph of the track. We'll stick it out in the show notes. You yeah, see yeah. how close we are to the sea. Yeah. yeah. You know, so the other the other weekends when there's no motor racing on, I would say we'd have no problem people wanting to stay there. That's, uh, anyway. Down the Arts Peninsula is a beautiful part of the country. Absolutely, you know. And, you know... It, we are we're we're spoiled here in Ireland. We think if you drive any more than thirty miles, it's a major excursion, you know. Mm-hmm. But the the Americans, you know, they think nothing. If you if you advertise, you know, your your what eighty miles if Kirkuson from the Giants Causeway, yeah, they go eighty miles. That's nothing, you know? yeah, yeah. And you're you know, 
Absolutely. You know, so there, I, th- I think we could make a real good go of that, that property as an Airbnb and facilitate the people who are wanting to use it's, Curtis. It's way forward, definitely. I think so. Yeah. This it's all the sense. is fantastic to hear because cause it sounds like, you know, Kirkuson is, is a, bit, a, a gem and so, you know, a potential gem in so many mm. ways and that you have the, you know, the enthusiasm and yeah. the experience and all the rest. You're just in the right position, hopefully, to take the... Well, hopefully we are. You know, you, know, you never know what's around the corner, but with a bit of luck, yeah. you know, and uh, things fall into place. I say it's fallen into place now already. We've got that house. That's the start of it. Yeah. Fantastic. Does that, does that yeah. mean I can I can go flat and third sideways through Colonial one. 1 and 2? Aye, Straight, straight there, we're like to uh, <laughs> no, no sli- still no sliding. You wouldn't be the first person to end up that bank. <laughs> <laughs> not not the swing back DVs, but do you see any impact on your your track day kind of attendance numbers and things with the rise of EVs? Or do you think there'll be just as many people bringing them in future? That is a worry, and I'll tell you why. Uh, we were talking about it's no way down here. In England, obviously, we, we it hasn't come to us yet, but in England, I know a lot of track operators, especially track day operators, are not allowing uh, electric vehicles. And the reason for that is that uh, you need a completely different fire rescue system. Mm-hmm. Um, if an EV does go on fire, you can't just do what you do in an ordinary car because of the electrical charge in it. Um, you just have to let it burn. Mm-hmm. And the trouble is it burns through the track. And that makes a pretty big, big problem, you know. So a lot of uh, UK tracks are saying no EVs, you know. Uh, until, as I say, when they get used, when they get a proper system where they can safely remove a burning EV yeah. uh, and get it off the track safely without electrocuting whoever's trying to get it off, then it, I, I would love to go the, the power of that car the night. You know, that would just, so you can off the line of Kirkus and round debtors, that would yeah. just be wonderful. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> you know, it would be fantastic, you know. So, uh, yes, so I mean... About the, pretty about the noise, as we're saying. The, geez, I know, well, it's, it's good for you in a way. I don't, I don't lower the decibels, but uh-huh. you miss that kind of screaming. Look, the, the uh, EVs don't have the stamina for it yet. No. No. You know, like uh, maybe half a dozen laps of Kirkus and you'll, or 10 minutes of track yeah. time, you'd come in, Aye. the battery would be flat, and then yeah. it would have to sit in the charger for the rest of the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that'll be your next job, getting a row of chargers put on. Aye, yeah. Well, I mean, with a row of chargers for... Or not chargers, but... Uh, electric feeds for for caravan, so I don't see why we couldn't get chargers mm-hmm. in if the time came. I think we'll have to put a couple of chargers anyway for spectators, yeah, because people aren't going to come to Kirkuson in EVs, you know, mm-hmm. and they're going to want to plug their car. You know, there's no reason why not, and that would be a, moving along with the times. It's just yeah. a, a natural thing to do. A, su- a super unleaded pump down there would be would be some job. It really would be. <laughs> do, you, do you know the thing about it? It used to be uh, the old Kelly's garage, which has just been flattened and rebuilt mm-hmm. as you go through Kirkcobin, the very last garage. And it used to have five star back in the day, uh-huh. and it was five star. And for why? I've no idea why they took it away. You know, it, it's a real pain that they don't have it. Yeah, because I remember the, the Lotus especially when it had a 40 litre tank, so it was carrying mm-hmm. a couple of wee baby jerry cans uh, from, from Dundonald or something yeah. like that there, you know. Yeah, well, it's even a similar size as the race cars. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, you know I have to, I'm lucky enough. Our, in fact, the garage is right beside you as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that uh, K garage behind you. Yes, has super. They have it. super, you know. Yep. So, I mean, I'm down there before a race weekend filling up, you know, 15 or so cans of uh, cherry cans for the four star <laughs> super unleaded, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah need to get the down there. Absolutely, but uh, yeah, it would be good if they would do. But well, that, that sounds so exciting for uh, for what you plan, and I and I, we all really hope, and I'm sure everyone listening is going, yeah, this sounds this sounds class. Make it a, a real weekend destination, or yeah, you know. Well, that's what we want to do, you know. And I mean, there's people, as I say, people who haven't been down in a while at a weekend. Not uh, you know, the, there's a good cafe down there. 
You yep. know, it's okay. It's it's cafe food. It's not gourmet food. On a Friday night, it is gourmet food. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, before a race meeting. So if somebody wants to come down and they are camping or staying in a motorhome mm-hmm. for the rest, there's a good uh, good feed. Take a few pods yeah. outside, make it a whole camping experience. Well, it's, it's yeah. Maybe not that far away. That could come too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that has crossed the mind. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. it has. So there, there, you know, is. there's there's a lot of things that can be done in the future. Yeah. You know. Oh, fantastic. Brilliant. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, uh, and the right man. In the right place to do it. Well, hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> well, like, I have to live up to the hype. Yeah. Well, like, we really appreciate you coming. I think I think we'll uh, pull this one into the pits. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think the secrets here. Now, so. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I don't know if it's a checkered flag or uh, a red flag or <laughs> yeah, black flag. Black flag, I'm, maybe, black flag no. <laughs> I'm getting here. Um, but uh, Donald, uh, that was first class. We uh, really appreciate you coming along. Yeah, that's been fun. And been um, and everyone else, thanks for listening Ross will hopefully be back uh, on the next show and with his 4.1 diff with his 4 with his 4.1 back end <laughs> and uh, we'll get through all the all the forum questions because I think uh, we asked he asked he was the one who asked for questions we got pages yeah there was a lot of questions I think we could spend the show just doing the questions and especially when we start talking about cars we want and we'll get that uh, wiped out soon I'm I'm out um in the Tesla as well, but look. Uh, well, actually, sorry, I'm going to interrupt you if you don't mind. Uh, uh, I do mind, but do it anyway. Take an hour, a few minutes, don't know, of your mm-hmm. time. We did have a few questions for you. Oh, go ahead, yeah. yeah, yeah. I just noticed them on the list here, so this was just from, having a. Uh, a it's just come shooting in my mind. Mick Doon was the guy. Mick Doon in, in, yeah. in the picture. In the picture, and Jack Doon is his son. Yeah. Uh, this was from Gav five two five on the forum. Mm-hmm. He's over in Dubai at the moment, or maybe apparently I'm not sure. You can let us know. Questions for Donald. Your mm-hmm. ideal car to take on a lap around Kirkstown? To take on a lap around Kirkstown? Or, or laps, I guess. But. Well, it depends where you're talking about a road car. If it's a road car, which you might be thinking of. Um, the most enjoyable car, one of the most enjoyable cars I've had around here is an Aston Martin, which was great fun. V8 uh, or V12, you know, or, uh, you know, or what, what It was one of the older ones, actually. Oh, right, okay, like yeah. a like a 80s one? like a. No, no, it was, it was probably, I'd say it was, uh, it wasn't the 80s, no, it was around about sort of 210 or two thereabouts, you know. Oh, right, okay. I arrived down, so take a run on that, it was great. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Uh, my favourite car I've driven around, Kirkuson, was a Radical, you know, really oh, yeah, beautiful. They're just fantastic. They're, once the arrow kicks in, you just stick to the road. It's just fantastic. And in something so. like that, how hard can you go through debtors and something like that? Debtors is flat. Like debtors is flat in the radical. There's no clues about it. You know? But what is really interesting is you really can feel the tyres switch on on the third lap. Mm-hmm. Going into, when you go in, first two laps into Colonial, you start, you wash out. Mm-hmm. You know, like and the third down. lap, the heat's in and they stick. You know, and it's yeah. just brilliant. And then you know Fisherman's is really good. Because you know, mm-hmm. the tires are... You probably feel that much more than you do in a road car, the sense of connection. Oh, very much so. Yeah, yeah. It's all it, was, uh, it was Philip Shields, actually, mm-hmm. Radical. I drove around there a lot. Um, and it was just uh, it was so much fun. Oh, really? yeah. Definitely. So that's probably, in terms of um, overall cars, yeah, that's my best experience. Okay. Next one up, funniest thing you've ever seen happen at a track skills day? A track skills day? Yeah. Oh, that's different. I, to know. <laughs> I could think of other things, but a uh, track skills day. Um, funniest thing. Oh, jeez. Now you're pushing me to try and... It could be a long list or a short list, maybe. It probably is long enough. Well, actually, <laughs> it's not a very nice thing, but it was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> oh, that, that sounds like <laughs> our cup of tea. <laughs> Continue. We're going back a long way. 
we come back a long way. Um, there used to be a guy. There was there's two guys. I'll not mention one of the guys' names because he's still alive, right? Um, oh Jesus! But, uh, no, no. There was a guy came. He's one of the back in the early days. He was one of our first guys that came to us on a regular basis. He always drove Subarus, and he's a really nice fellow. He's from the south and very likable guy. And generally speaking, never any grief whatsoever. Now there was another wee guy called Crilly. His second name was Crilly, and he was a wee Belfast man, you know. Mm-hmm. And once again, very likable guy, right? Uh, but he would have been in his 60s, probably. The other fellow would have been in his late 30s, you know. And the other guy, say, always drove Subarus. Uh, Mr. Crilly was a, a Ferrari nut, right? Uh, it turned out he had raced at Kirkuson apparently way, way back in the 60s, you know. But once again, likable guy. So uh, I was out wandering about the paddock, and... The next thing I see, the, the, the session was over, mm-hmm. right? And the Ferrari came in, driving to the paddock. And the next thing I see is the Subaru in the paddock, out in front of him, and stand on the brakes. You know? I thought, that's weird. You know? And it's not like the guy in the Subaru. It wasn't his style. You know? And <laughs> the guy in the Subaru, what had happened was, he, the guy in the Subaru figured the guy in the Ferrari had cut him up on the track. Now, I, to this day, don't know whether he did or not. I certainly got no reports from the marshals that it had been any untoward. Mm-hmm. But the guy in the Subaru definitely thought he'd been badly caught up by the Ferrari, and he was livid. I'd never seen this guy raise his voice, never mind be livid, right? <laughs> now, bear in mind, this is a big lad from the South somewhere. This is a wee hard man from West Belfast, right? <laughs> <laughs> the big lad in the Subaru gets out. That was his first mistake, getting out. second mistake was he took his helmet off. Mm-hmm. And he storms down to your man, you know, uh, on a mission. Your wee guy gets out of the Ferrari, sees this guy coming at him, meaning business, and did what any wee West, West Belfast man would do. He landed him. <laughs> 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 Just floored him. <laughs> uh, no, it should never have happened. Wait, which one had the box range? <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't have happened. I don't agree with it at all. You know, anybody <laughs> using violence at all. But I sort of could see he was getting his retaliation in first. You know, he figured your man was going to lamp him, you know. And the handling I had to do trying to sort that one out. Needless to nightmare. say, this is not a, this is not a normal. Tra- oh no, that, that is the first and last time that ever happened. But it was actually funny. You know, it really was funny. You know, I, there was like it was one punch thrown. You know, that, and that was the end of it. I'm sure you were suddenly your events head on thinking that we could rematch here next. <laughs> but that's the funniest thing that ever had happened at a track day. Um, the, the most strange thing I've ever seen happen at Kirkuston was way, way, way back in the motorbike days. And I think it was Brian Reed uh, on the, probably a 250 or 350 Yamaha. High sided at Ditters. And the bike spat him off, mm-hmm. right? But whatever way it happened, the bike managed to come back up onto its onto its wheels again, right? Uh-huh. And continued on down the track with no rider, right? <laughs> Now, bear in mind, there's nobody riding it. So as it gets towards uh, Colonial 1, it's losing momentum. And it then began, it lost the momentum completely. Colonial 1 began to fall over. So it fell over to the right and went right round the corner. <laughs> <laughs> With no rider. <laughs> it was the most freaky thing I've ever I seen. I would say. <laughs> it was really bizarre, you know. Headless man. Absolutely. <laughs> so that, that's, the, that's the strangest thing I've and, ever seen in Curtis. And I'm, I'm just looking at the, at the questions here, and you, you can tell these RMS members uh, <laughs> are, are track skills uh, regulars. Does he ever, Donald, do you ever get bored of endless Cleos and MX-5s? Oh, God, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, I, I love it. You know. it's, it's really strange. Over the years, we've seen 
things come and go. You know, when we first started out, it, we, we did get an awful lot of MX-5s originally. Mm-hmm. And that's because of a guy called Andy Thompson. Dr. Andy Thompson, was the, the he looked after the MX-5s owner club at the time, and he was a track day nut, mm-hmm. right? He then got a new post. He, was, he, he worked in Queens, and then he got a new post somewhere across the water. And the guy who took over was into sort of going road trips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the MX-5s all disappeared, mm-hmm. you know? And then we went through the series where we had endless amounts of what we call locator fields, you know, west mm-hmm. fields, et cetera, et cetera. And the, we, we built up one town to we did have one session, which was full, 15 cars, and every one of them was a locator field, you know, and it was class. Yeah. It was absolutely brilliant, yeah. yeah. Then they disappeared, and then the Cleos came, and the Cleos were mighty, yeah. absolutely mighty. They are, but they are crazy. They're good. Most of the guys that drive them are pretty good too, yeah. you know. But they do give the the marshals the scare them daily to the marshals because they're so close. You know, some of them are they are very talented guys. You yeah, know, but, yeah, But they are sort of pushing it a wee bit. You know, yeah. and now the MX fives have come back again, yeah. which is great. You know, so it's it's good. It's good. I have to say that probably the best value is the Clio. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and especially you pick up a one seven two. Mm-hmm. You've got yourself a great wee car yeah. for very little money. Yeah, and just start stripping it. But then you get total lunatics like. Um, uh, is, is his first name or second name Graham second name. the guy who stripped it the, the, the Clio down to absolutely nothing and put two Kawasaki's into the back of it that's right I remember <laughs> seeing that car mental <laughs> absolutely insane absolutely <laughs> mental um, they're fairly light out of the box aren't they anyway before we stripped them they're fairly light yeah mm-hmm. they are indeed so, but that, the good thing about that is you can put a cage in yeah. and it's still quite light yeah you know, and I love to see cages Mm-hmm. You know, I would love to see every car with a cage. Now we couldn't legislate for that yeah. because the whole ethos of a track day is to run your your ordinary road car. Yeah. But when I see a car coming on with a cage, it's just it's very nice. It's you a know? Wee safety net. Just it's a wee safety net. And the yeah. only thing you know, people say to me, you know, um, I've got such and such a car. I'm going to up the engine part of this, that, and the other thing. And I said, forget about that. You know, that's the last thing you do in a track car. Mm-hmm. You know, first thing you do is operate your brakes. Yeah. Get the brake. That'll give you two seconds of lap. You know, if you operate the brakes. Then do the suspension after that. You know, it'll give you another second. You know? yeah. And then put a cage in that'll stiffen the whole thing, give you another second. You know? yeah. And when you've got all that done, you might want to look at the engine. But by that time, you're probably going faster than you really want to anyway. You know? Yeah, I, I found that just sort of getting a bit older and uh, getting buying better cars. And I'm, I'm always buying a car that's it used to be one or two steps beyond my ability, and it's now you know ten <laughs> steps beyond my ability, and you, you can't uh-huh. keep up. So like, there's there's just uh, you know. No replacement for just getting out on track and something simple and just learning the track and, mm-hmm. and learning your own building on your own skills rather than just. Yeah. I'll be honest, first few track days I did was a bit they got there. I kept thinking, oh, I need more power. I'm going to remap this and do this and that. Yeah. But then as you do more and more, that becomes less your focus and it's more mm-hmm. about what time did I get and yeah. what, what, what am I going to get my next time. And then you start focusing more on the corners and the handling and you realize that the power is not the be all and end all. The, mm-hmm. the, key, the key to Kirkuson is yeah. to be smooth. Carrying speed. Yeah. Carry the speed, be smooth. Uh, you know, anybody who's you know ha- grabbing at things, you know, and mm. sawing at the steering wheel, they're losing time all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. if they're smooth, you know, it doesn't feel fast, but it is fast. Yeah. You know? And usually, if it feels fast, it's not. There's a guy. Um, there's a, there's a, he's a he's a very very good driver. A guy in the UK, and he trains uh, race car drivers. He mm-hmm. takes them out, and I wish I could remember his name. I'll, I'll look it up and I'll put uh, it in the show notes, but. I remember he took out an F1 driver, and the F1 driver was amazed. It was like a 1.6 Focus, just mm-hmm. totally normal mm-hmm. car, not even a sports car or performance car at all. And he was just amazed at the speed he was able to get three corners and this Focus just what, because he was so smooth. Which is what you guys do at track sales. Mm-hmm. You, you guys have a, a, some sort of vehicle you use for 
Yeah, we're BM, of, BMW but, at the moment. Yeah. yeah, for a bit of sighting and, and bits take and pieces. Out and take them around, and it's quite Show funny because you, you know, the, the, I, I'm usually there because I'm usually doing the, the admin stuff first thing in the morning, and it's Greer, who'd be mm-hmm. Greer, Greer, he's usually taking them around. Yep. Greer is an instructor anyway, um, an arts instructor, as are, as is both Keith and myself. Greer's but, actually take, he's taken me out, I think, in one of my Lotuses year yeah. uh, a while ago, and it was just it's like I've learned so much mm-hmm. in three or four laps. Yeah. But people, you see people getting out of the back of the car or the front or whatever, and you just look in their faces, and they have a mixture of fear and incredul- incredulity. You know, yeah. that, that car can go that quick or mm-hmm. through such and such a corner, but it's all where you place the car on the track, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it, it makes such a difference. So we do that. And then, you know, I mean, I have a guy this Saturday now. Um, I'm going to do a one-to-one with him mm-hmm. uh, at Kirkuson, just sort of doing sort of four hours coaching. And he's coming in an Alpine. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That'll be interesting. Well, that'll be, be class. Fun. Yeah, really will be. So, you know, it's, I mean, basically what I'll be trying to do with them is just get them smooth. Get mm-hmm. them, yeah. You know, and, and it's all about how you, how you, what way you play the power, what way you play the brakes, mm-hmm. where you place the car on the track. You know? And I have driven one. By, by all accounts, those cars are beautifully balanced. You know, they're just a great... It's a, it's a, I presume it's a new Alpine. It's, it's a new one as yeah, opposed yeah. to the old one, which used to like to rotate. Yes, <laughs> yes. Time, yeah. So, no, no, I think these things are... Mm-hmm. And, and very lightweight and all yeah. as well. I uh, would love a, love a run on one. Yeah. yeah. Last question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When everyone has fucked off home and the lights are off, do you ever just go out in the track and your own? Uh, do you see that knacker, to be honest with you? <laughs> 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 I don't uh, No, no, no uh, probably not that often. Uh, it's quite funny. One of the... I mean, racing is my passion down there, and I love racing, and I love being out in the race car around the place. But one of the fun, most fun things I ever did, I think it was one of the first times I'd been to the ring, and it had been wet from the minute we arrived to the minute we went home oh, wow. again. You know? mm-hmm. And I learned so much when I was there uh, about car control. You know? yeah. And that was in the days when I had the Cozzy as the, the track skills <sighs> car, you know. And the next track day, I, I came back on the Sunday and the following Sunday we had a track day and it, it was it was practically flooded. <laughs> and I, there's a picture of me somewhere in the cosy driving through this dirty great puddle with a smile from your dear. <laughs> 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 that was one of the most enjoyable things I've ever had. You know? The cosy did handle well anyway, you know, four-wheel drive and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But um, just having done so much on the ring, because mm-hmm. uh, that place is like a skitting ring in the wet, as you know. Yeah, it's still yeah, fresh in the ring. Head. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, and the confidence it gave you around uh, Kirkuson. Oh, yeah. I mean, the ring you're 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 on edge. <laughs> yes. If you go off, you're going to hit something. There's no yeah, two ways yeah. about it, you know. But uh, it, when you get around Kirkuson, you know the nearest barriers are way over there. <laughs> you can have a bit of fun, you know. R- random fact about the ring: I was phoning around today about um, insurance renewal for for the GT4, and I was chatting to one of the places, and I said, "I'd have interest. You do track day cover. I always ask for track day cover. Yeah, mm-hmm. do track." I was like. Out of interest, it wasn't my or my insurer. I said, "Do you do rent cover for the ring?" He said, "Well, yes, if you do it one of the ring organised track days." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Right, okay, what's the, what's the deal for that?" He said, "Well, it's uh, the charges are it's one percent of the car's value for the day, mm-hmm. and then the excess is ten percent of the oh, car's value." Jesus, it's a lot of excess. Taking a clue. Yeah, so that's you know. So I was like, "All right, so it's seven hundred quid." For a day's insurance, and seven grand if I stuff it, mm-hmm. and you get, f- you get your full payout for that. Mm-hmm. But it's it's huge money. Big ex. Having said that, the first time we went to the ring, we did a sack speed day, mm-hmm. which was great because you had no bikes and no buses. 
You know, yeah. It was just, and we were also getting the full circuit. You didn't have to come in and go out. You, you know, yes. It was the whole lap, you know. But um, that, the, we, we, we did it with Ron Simmons at the time in an Alpha, was it 155, 145, the rear wheel drive Alpha? Oh, that it, uh, what do you call that? 75? 75. Alpha 75, yep. Oh, God, it was so much fun. But that's mm-hmm. another story. But anyway, uh, we, we arrived on the, the Friday night, I think it was, and went down to the track. We weren't due to be there until the Saturday. Met up with Ron, and he said, have you been here before? No. He said, I jump in the back. So we jump in the back of his Alpha, which was set up perfectly, right? And away we went, and the cars that were out there, they were just glorious because it was a six-speed day. So everything you'd ever seen and things you'd never seen before out there, he was giving people a hard time in the Alpha. You know? And I remember we were sitting behind this Ferrari, and the Ferrari started getting really leery trying to stay ahead of us, so yeah. Ron backed off <laughs> completely. But two things happened the next day. Uh, come the Saturday morning, the paddock, which you know was quite small, mm-hmm. the ring, was absolutely stuffed full of beautiful, exotic cars. There wasn't room to move. And some idiot arrived with an oil tanker to deliver oil. And you know where the oil tank is? It's at the bottom of the paddock. (laughs) So he's trying to negotiate his way through these thousands of pounds worth of cars. And there was a guy with a a replica of a BMW sort of touring car. Mm -hmm. It was very nice. And he just nicked the back of it with his bumper. And your man was going apeshit completely and all the rest of it. So anyway, uh, it was wet. And we went out for the first session. And in that first session, the first thing we saw was the Ferrari that we were given a hard time to on the Friday night, stuffed into the wall. And the next thing we saw was the BMW with three corners knocked off it. You know? We worked out, we figured it was about a million quid's worth of damage done in that first yeah. session yeah. at the ring. You know? and that's the scary part of going to the ring, isn't it? It really is. And I mean, for me, the scary part of going to the ring isn't the damage you do to your own car. It's what you pay if you yep. damage the arm coat and you close the track and you have to get recovered. Or you hurt someone else yep. or something and like there's, that. There's these compilation videos on YouTube now you see of the oh, ring crashes. Oh, and the amount the, the of times it happens is terrifying. It's very easy for it to yeah, happen, you know. It's um, I mean, the ring is only, what, 13 mile long, roughly, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the TT is 37 and a half miles. I would, I probably have forgotten most of it now, but I would have said I knew the TT. Wow. I never raced it. Wow. Mm-hmm. It was much easier to learn in the ring. Really? Much, much easier the ring, to learn. The ring is an incredibly technical mental challenge. Yeah. That's unbelievable. The thing about the TT, you can divide the TT up into about six sections, and you just learn one section at a time. I found the best I could do with the rings divide it in half, mm-hmm. and, that, and I still haven't learned it really. I think part of the problem with the ring too is you have the the, the Gran Turismo generation who think they know the track because oh, they've made it. Yeah, and yeah. Then take the car out, and it's a very different experience. Oh, it doesn't. Although it does help. And I mean, yeah, it oh helps. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it certainly helps. But then um, you know, you see some of these offs and things, and uh, people, you know, the sensation of carrying a speed on a certain corner in a game, mm-hmm. it's a very different thing than they do in real life. Obviously, the first time I was racing at Spa, I actually bought uh, an old. Um, DVD mm-hmm. of uh, WEC cars mm-hmm. at, at Spa, and I watched it and watched it and watched it and watched it, yeah. and it did help. Mm-hmm. And it was nothing like the real thing Just when you got a car out there, yeah. but at least you knew what corner was coming next. Yeah. 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 Whereas, whereas now guys have racing sims and all that sort of carry on. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, mate Pete Venom and RMS he's built himself a, a cracker right, racing sim and I was I was on it before Christmas uh, funny enough doing uh, spa and it was it was just incredible and I thought yeah that what a great way to learn oh it that, certainly you know, to helps learn, you a track layout. it really does help a lot but uh, it's, it's, it's worth doing although I, I, sims make me a bit sick I find you know unless they're the ones that give you the, the full mm-hmm. 
experience. All the, yeah. the full feedback and all the rest. For r- rallying, incredible because you get the pace notes and all the rest. That's, that's, <laughs> that's some job. But anyway, we're definitely going to get black flag now. So yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're on the endurance race here. I, absolutely. <laughs> don't know, no, really appreciate you having, having you on. That was uh, absolutely fabulous. And uh, for the best of luck for Kirkuson track skills yeah. and all the other Thanks. other endeavours. Um, mm-hmm. As I'll reiterate, the right man, the right place, the right time. I th- I think there, and to everyone else listening. Uh, thanks for being here. Remember to like, subscribe, do all the things that are supposed to help the podcast get out there. Give us five stars on iTunes or whatever you do. Um, to find us, we are everywhere at RMS Motoring on on the socials. If you want to ask us some questions, ask us on the forum. Um, in the Soul to Scene section or email us at pod at rmsmotoring.com or on the socials as well. And uh, thanks for joining us. And remember, there's no warranty. This was Soul to Scene. (laughs) 